0: Can you be quiet,
1: please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Ty? Hi. Ty? Hi. 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 Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. He's a
2: cool cat, man. The
0: superstitious beers. D- d- superstitious beers.
3: I got a little taco meat on my chest.
2: I grabbed a handful of lunch meat and shoved it <laughs> down my teammate's throat. I'm a former long snapper. Booty, 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 booty
4: everywhere. At the Burlington G- g- um, d- d- <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what the f***
1: just happened. Did not flub at all. F- it, send it in. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host... Clip Brock.
3: Welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Clip Rock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Thanks for tuning in on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We are on 1250-930. Also online, PR927 FM.com. And you can watch the show on Facebook Live and youtube we are streaming there i want you to be a part of today's program and if you have any questions for our guests you can get those in at any time coming up on today's show we'll talk some baseball some college world series mlb a little golf and more with mike mullis joining us in the four o'clock hour also more baseball talk with Josh Groves, ECU pitcher, will join us here in the Pirate Radio studios to recap the season, look at the offseason and his immediate future. We talked to Josh Moylan yesterday. Josh Groves, one of those guys that could be drafted and perhaps take his talents to the professional ranks or could be back for another year, year here at ECU. We'll talk to Josh about that coming up at 4 30 and at 5. Bryce Williams will join us inside the Pirate Radio studios. We'll talk some football. We'll talk a little Big Rock and go Pirate Radio Outdoors with Bryce in the 5 o'clock hour. Got all that on the way. Shirley Rhodes, Chan Man, uh, the interns in the house, the big dog, and we are joined by a special guest, Mac McCarthy, to kick off today's program here. He's going to join us every Tuesday at 3 o'clock to talk about what's going on in the world of sports and more.
0: Coach Mac, how you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I was a little nervous, uh, you know, waiting on you to call me uh, to let me know I was getting to come back for my second show. That isn't
3: true at all. That is not true at all. <laughs> we did have a phone conversation that we might uh, bring up on the air. Yeah. That yeah. I would like to, yeah, to get I'd to. like to
0: bring that up on the air.
3: <laughs> uh, but, uh, Coach, we'll uh, kind of start with what's going on currently and – First of all, how much of the College World Series have you uh, kept up with so far? The tournament
0: I've kept up with quite a bit. Obviously, with uh, the Pirates, uh, you know, up the road in Charlottesville, uh, you know, I, I was paying close attention. And but uh, I'm I'm excited about the World Series. You know, some you know a couple of uh, kind of dark horses with TCU and Oral Roberts, but uh, uh, the rest of them pretty familiar names. Now Wake hadn't been in a while, but they're the number one seed, so you kind of got to say they're one of the uh, you know the, of the. Recognizable names, but Tennessee is a great story. After being the, the odds-on favorite last year, they get bumped out by Notre Dame, and uh, they come back and win on the road at Southern Miss, and then uh, LSU, who's been number one all you know a lot of the season, with um, maybe the best field, maybe the best uh, day-to-day player, and the best pitcher in the country. Uh, there are five seeds: Stanford for their third year in a row. Uh, I mentioned Oral Roberts and TCU, the dark horses. Virginia, and um, you know, back again and they've won it you know you know Two to one against Duke. Two to one against uh, the Pirates, and then uh, Florida has been number one part of the season. They're a good story. So a lot of great storylines in this um, in this deal. You got the Oral Roberts kid with the forty-seven game hitting streak. Yeah, uh, Texas crazy. loses a heartbreaker with uh, you know literally losing the ball uh, in the twilight uh, to to get beat by Stanford in a crazy game, and um, again lots of good. Story. Wake Forest. I watched a lot of Wake Forest over the weekend. Uh, switching back. Between between Wake Forest series and the Virginia Duke series and goodness gracious. They're a machine, aren't they? 15 runs a game and, and, and a great pitching staff on yeah. top of that? They look
3: like the team, but uh, we all know that that uh, doesn't always work out that way. It doesn't work out that way in Omaha because the number one team hasn't won, yeah, in, in so many years. So Wake trying to to snap that streak.
0: Why is that? I mean, th- that wouldn't happen in football. No, now, it, I mean you got a bas- picture. In basketball, and... it wouldn't happen. I mean, it, it happens a lot in basketball where non-number ones win, but but no, the number one team does win in basketball. Yeah. Well, I mean, you. I,
3: I think it just goes back to the
0: individual
3: sport that is baseball. With the, you get a yeah. good pitcher?
0: Softball you, number one wins.
3: Yeah, true.
0: It's. I mean, it really is the only one that just this kind of random as to who wins
3: the thing, right? Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, do we have Shirley the highlight from Stanford, Texas last night? I, I, I'm. You need to see it if you didn't. The announcer
0: does a great job. By I think the way. so
3: too. Yeah, it, and I was watching it as it happened and just kind of sitting there in disbelief but here it is uh if this final this out is recorded we go to extra innings and uh texas has a chance but instead stanford walks it off in very unlikely fashion here it goes one one to bowser bowser skies this one and they don't spot it
5: kennedy looking for it and it drops
3: So those guys, Coach Mack, have caught, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of fly balls in their lives uh, from Little League and just a routine fly ball. Never saw it. Couldn't find it. It drops.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's so interesting. The, the, that was obviously the Stanford call. I heard the Texas call also. Oh, this was the ESPN call. I heard the Texas call, and oh no. and, and they actually handled it really well. And 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 of course, of all things, like you said, it's totally routine. Not a, not a hard play. Ninety nine point nine times out of a hundred. And the craziest thing is that right fielder has made more highlight catches this season than any, maybe maybe anybody in college baseball. I mean, he's. One of those guys who dives looks like a wide receiver going to get the ball uh he's he's just been incredible and for him to to be the one that loses it in the lights and um you just don't get that opportunity to go to omaha very often and uh you've you got to feel bad for him no doubt coach i hate to do this i feel like
3: such a curmudgeon coming up here and say and wanting to fix something Should we change? Should we reseed the teams once we get to Omaha? And I say that because there are two brackets here. And bracket one has Oral Roberts, TCU, Virginia, Florida. You got some good teams. You got those upset minded teams you're talking about. Bracket two has Tennessee, LSU, Wake, and Stanford. So it seems like one is probably better than the other. Should we reseed it to. Maybe get a true championship at the end. What do you think?
0: A little, a little. Get off my grass. I like it out of ah. out of club. But you're you're a young guy and and you're that way. No, I I agree with you 100. percent I'll go one step further. They ought to do it in the supers. re then. re in the supers. So you'd have had like
3: Oral Roberts versus Wake yeah. in your scenario. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean that's that's the only fair way. And I bet if you re it every time. I bet you'd get some number ones that were national champions too.
3: Probably so. Yeah. So look, we just we're gonna every Tuesday we're gonna fix something about sports. <laughs> that was the one we fixed today. Well done, uh, coach. Get your brain uh, working because we got a question uh, coming in for you, Coach Max. Mount Rushmore for college coaches: X's and O's. Wow, that's going to be a tough one. So Whoa. before the end of the hour. Uh, if you could name uh, four,
0: how many? Four. If we're going that would four? be the Mount Rushmore. Okay. okay.
3: X's and O's all-time college basketball coaches. That, that could be tough. Um, also, Jamie says, "Does Coach Mac know what year ECU had their best basketball team?" I do not. Um, that was him saying, "I do not," and I don't know if I do either. I would need a media guide. Best team we've had in a while was, of course, the CIT team that won twenty-plus games, but. Yeah, been few they, and far between.
0: Yeah, I mean, record-wise, they are they are one of the better ones, um, you know, and that's that's you know that might be a nod to recentism. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure there were some some teams back in the the Eddie Payne days, uh, not so much the Dave Odom days. He wasn't here very long, but uh, you know, the that, I I would wager there are some. We we need to get your uh, your boy. Uh, Drew's daddy, Mike, hey, yeah. Steele. We need to get Mike on that one. He he might have a better perspective than than uh, than we do on that one. Irving, I, think, I think if you actually put your mind to it, you could come up with the worst teams because that seems to be your specialty. On
3: that note, Irving says, thanks again, Coach, for your team beating NC State at Mingees. Well, you always got to talk about the good times, Irving. What about the bad times? And – We'll segue into that in a moment. Uh,
0: you know while we're while we're getting folks uh, chiming in a little bit, I want them to 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 help us out, okay? i'm gonna I'm gonna start a podcast pretty soon here. Uh, and I need to to have recommendations of topics and guests all right who do you want coach Mac to talk to and what would you like
3: for them to discuss
0: yeah or, or yeah or I, you know even if i don't have a guest what what topics do you think we should discuss all
3: right so there you go what do y'all want to hear from and and your resume coach how, how many years did you coach in college basketball
0: 30 some
3: coaching yeah and you've been at three different stops as a head coach vcu yes. chattanooga east carolina yes assistant at auburn of course and when they were really auburn, good Auburn, women's Virginia assistant tech, georgia tech women's assistant at georgia tech yeah yeah so you've you've seen it all different levels ran through a lot of characters uh who would you like to hear from or what would you like to hear coach mack talk about there you go um christian says coaching basketball podcast Chad Chad Pike says talk to Josh King. Was Josh King here when you were here? <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> now he was, he was a prolific scorer in high school, right? Josh, like crazy. I could
0: shoot the daylights out of him. <laughs> Josh got in coaching for a while. He was uh, he was at Marshall, and then he was down at maybe Tampa or something. I need to I need to chase Josh King down. Yeah, having Josh King on would be interesting.
3: Now here's yeah that I mean I would like personally you to talk to the old guys you coached, including like guys like James Leegan, just. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a while, but he was playing an Australia coach and said he liked it so much he was thinking about getting his citizenship. Yeah. And I haven't checked back in with him recently. I don't know if he's back in Texas or Australia and by, and, or what. And
0: by saying liked it, you mean liked the young lady that he met.
3: What, yeah, I, I don't think it was necessarily just the basketball or the cuisine, but, yeah, there was probably something over there holding him over there. But... Um, Uh, Christian wants a daily podcast with Mike Schwartz. I don't think Coach Mack is going to host that one. But that would be – I don't think Mike Schwartz is going to give that kind of uh, access to anyone.
0: Yeah, or that kind of time. He's a little bit busy between the transfer portal and NIL. I'm sure he's got his plate full.
3: You could just follow him around with a microphone all day, Coach. That'd be That would be real entertaining. Uh, Pike says Josh King is coaching in Europe now. Did you say – did you –
0: I didn't know where he was. You know, he was at Marshall for a little bit, uh, and then he was at – I think he was at Tampa for a little bit, and then I lost track of him after that.
3: Chris, uh, Christopher would like for you to have on Larry Williford at a Farmville. That'd be interesting Larry, talk because he's been a
0: great guy, great coach.
3: And was he here at East Carolina? Were you here when he was here? I want to say he was he was a grad assistant, maybe with the uh, basketball team. That was before team? me. Okay, before, before me. you. Uh, but man, he has won a lot at that high school level. Christian says, "What's the name of the podcast going to be?"
0: I don't know, but it might be uh, it might be IMO. IMO in max opinion, I, I like that.
3: I'll, and and Glenn can make a really cool graphic with that. I, that's simple, clever. IMO. I like it. In Max's opinion, I approve. All right. So get to work on that logo. The marketing
0: logo. department at Pirate Radio gives that the thumbs up.
3: I would like a t-shirt, Sweet. Coach, if uh, there's one. Oh, available. yeah.
0: We got to have t-shirts. <laughs> big boy t-shirts. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
3: Looking out for the big guy. I like it. Mac McCarthy joining us here on Pirate Radio Live. A uh, lot to discuss. And, and, Coach, you did mention before we got on about Denver winning the championship last night. And... And part of this is you just not following it. Another part of it is, I think there's some legitimacy to it, but just not knowing their entire roster, like maybe you would have known the 90s Bulls' entire roster or the Bad Boy Pistons, but they've got two stars, and they've got some good players around them, but... Uh, if you aren't following it day to day, there's a lot of guys you look at on that roster and say, OK, who's this? OK? I kind of remember this guy from college or whatever, but but not the superstar power. I think that's a good thing. It was not a a LeBron and Miami type team or even a Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and. Uh, Ray Allen get together type team. It was they kind of built that thing.
0: Yeah, it, it makes for a neat story, but I don't know that it makes for a great draw. Um, I, I'm sure it didn't do anything in the ratings. I'll be interested to see those when they finally come out. But uh, I can't imagine that it did very well. And, nah. You know, Miami. You know, okay, maybe a decent enough market with all of Florida and all that. But but Denver just not that big a market, and um, you know they kind of operate in obscurity out there. Even though they probably had the the best player in the game today in Jokic.
3: Yeah, and just so unique. And and we've talked about kind of the globalization of basketball and and talked about it with Marcus Crandall a lot about, the I guess, the dream team and what they did. And and there was already some European stars at that time, but just the influx of foreigners to the NBA and uh, Jokic is the Latest great one, along with Luca, but I don't know how, how much of that was around when you were coaching uh, guys from overseas playing it, basketball.
0: It, it was the exception rather than the rule. Right. I mean, there there were some some and and, and some really good ones, but uh, but it wasn't like it is today, where you have two and three and four on a team, that kind of thing. But you know, even even bigger than um, even bigger than the influx of of international players is the 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 way they have affected the style of the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, with with so many. Post- Players who can do other things, and um, you know, we talked about this just briefly last week. When 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 I first started coaching, you 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 coached positions. You had a point guard. You had a shooting guard. You had a small forward who was a shooter. You had a power forward who could maybe score but rebounded and defended. And you had a true center with the back to the basket. Now everything is positionless. I mean the, the biggest player on the floor was the best, was the best playmaker on the floor uh, in, in that situation. And of course with the influx of international players the the changing of the rules a little bit and then of course Steph Curry has, has certainly contributed to that too which is, uh, which is another mind-blowing uh, situation. We talked to former Pirate
3: Alico Dunk uh, who's a women's basketball coach now in college and we just talked about how the game has changed so much. Does it look I don't know. Foreign to use that word. Does it look kind of different than what you coached back then? Like, how much has it changed when you watch a game now?
0: No, it's totally different, especially from uh, from an offensive perspective, and therefore from a defensive perspective too. The things that you can do, and uh, you know, you've got to do so many different things, and and football has evolved like that too. You know, with the with the run and shoot, and the you know the run pass option stuff, and and all those right. kind of things too. They they've changed. I I mean they've made running back almost an obsolete position in a lot of the ways. So uh, you know, th- their game has changed as much and uh, and their defense has has really changed. You used to be able to line up in a different formation, or you or you played zone in the secondary or you played man. Now it looks like all kind of combinations going on out there. And that's directly again relatable to the uh to the fact that the offense has changed so much.
3: Jamie says how do we get basketball more exciting to watch again? He says the constant fouls and three-pointers water down the product in my opinion
0: yeah you know the 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 ball screen and pick and roll pick and pop uh you know it kind of dominates the game especially at the nba level it's not quite that way at the college level but it is some Uh, you know i I wish i had a good answer to that because it it does it does become oh gosh it, it 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 doesn't seem to have the free flowing that you'd like to yeah. have, and um, some of that is the way people coach defense. Um, you know, see see what the University of Tennessee did against uh, against some folks. And, little bully ball, and, yeah. <laughs> it becomes a little bit of that, and uh, that that takes away from the the free flow of the game and the enjoyment of watching the game. But uh, but on the other hand, the three point line has has helped an awful lot because it it does spread the floor, and you've got to you've got to adjust for that. And uh, the three point. Shot is an exciting shot, but you don't want it to dominate the whole game. Matt McCarthy
3: joining us. Coach, were you coaching when there were reviews? Had that started yet when you were still in coaching? No. All right. So maybe they'd look at an elbow or something, or do they even look at that back then when you were coaching?
0: You didn't look at. I don't know that you look. I think the only thing they went to look for was who might be involved in a fight, who yeah, came off, who the threw bench a punch, who came off. Of okay. And 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 while we're fixing things, we need to fix that too. What would you, you fix? Know, my fix would be, okay, you you have a review. That's fine. Sixty seconds. After sixty seconds, if if you don't have a clear cut answer, whatever they called stands.
3: Okay. What if you're the coach though, and and they got the call wrong, and they wouldn't matter. They'd have figured it out. They get it it wrong sometimes. That 61st second, Coach, they they were going to get it right.
0: They still get it wrong after five minutes sometimes. So what difference does it make? All right, five sixty 60 seconds. If it's not clear after 60 seconds, move on.
3: I'm I'm fine with that. Another, uh, we just saved the world again here on a Tuesday, (laughs) getting it done. Yeah, the stoppages and everything. And we talked to uh mike houston last week the new ruling college where the clock will not stop after a first down right the way it's always been and he says and he, i he kind of agree with me when i said it, with the tv timeouts reviews there's enough stoppages he's okay with uh with losing a little time there
0: well let me ask you this i mean we we're coming just off baseball season and they had the the, the, pitch the pitch clock the the whatever it is the at-bat clock whatever uh but they—they they, seems like they added more reviews. <laughs> there are a ton of
3: reviews in so baseball. So we, we now. didn't
0: do—we didn't accomplish anything. <laughs> we
3: did. We did. The games were shorter, and if you were at a game, it definitely flowed better. The at bats. Now the reviews are a whole. Yeah, those are those are killers. Those are uh, momentum crushers when you're and, out there.
0: And and the reviews are so different. If you're there in person, the reviews take forever. Yeah. If you're if you're at home on the couch, I don't care if they review it. I'm going to the kitchen.
3: That's a good point, point. and they don't show the review in the stadium either. So you're just kind of sitting there on your hands doing nothing. Yeah, for, and you, and you don't months. have
0: time to get to the concession stand and no. back, or to the restroom and <laughs> back, whatever whatever your preference is. Maybe both. Uh, so overall, coach, are you you're, you're okay with reviews, but tidy them up? Is there, that yeah? There's so much at stake. I think you okay. have to have the reviews. I don't think you can do away with the reviews
3: is there a game you can go you know what i'm not even gonna bring up a game you lost i feel like i'm doing that too much here lately. i'm not doing that on purpose coach all right let's take a break we'll come back more with mac mccarthy uh want to ask him some of the best teams uh he's coached against because we had a player uh hanging out at sports trivia last week that was a part of one of those teams ld williams with that wake forest team that came in uh, we'll talk about that, answer your questions, and have more with Mac McCarthy when we return. Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday after this.
1: 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. Brown & Wood is your home of the best selection of GMC, Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in eastern North Carolina since 1937. You can shop their entire inventory online at brownandwoodauto.com or visit them on Greenville Boulevard. Brown & Wood, Greenville's number one dealership and the home of the lifetime powertrain warranty. Now, let's head back in to PRL.
3: Here's Clip. Uh, back 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 with you on pirate radio live here on a tuesday got mully joining us coming up in about 35 minutes or so josh grows coming up in hour number two and former ecu tight end bryce Williams will be on the show as well we're having fun with coach mac mac mccarthy right now coach um i have a podcast name for the show if you and i hosted one together can i say your middle name on the air sure uh leroy and lloyd would be our show wow leroy and lloyd Obscure and embarrassing all at the same just time. Great names, just classic <laughs> names. I was looking at your Wikipedia page, Coach, because we've never taught, I've, I've never asked you about like where you got started with basketball. Like, what,
0: what, tell us about your playing career. I wasn't very good. Yeah. Yeah, played pr- pretty good in high school. Those who can't uh, play
3: coach, is that yeah, the phrase? Yeah, well, maybe.
0: Yeah, I went to Virginia Tech because uh, that was my only choice. Uh, that's where my father had gone and uh, had some chances to go to smaller schools where maybe I could have played. But uh, uh, went there, hung around the back gym back when freshmen were ineligible and played with all those guys, but uh, but never got an opportunity. And uh, But I continued to play a lot of basketball and um, and got bigger and stronger. Probably uh, coming out of high school, probably weighed 145 or or so uh so that was uh that was that was an issue wow but uh but i actually went there to uh to be a sports writer oh um, you know that's that's what the goal was and uh stumbled into the basketball part of things and um it uh, has worked out pretty well since i've never done anything else
3: so you were a virginia tech assistant how quickly were you done at virginia tech to when you became an assistant
0: well i was um After graduating, I I didn't have a job. So I was going to go to grad school, and somebody along the way, a guy that I had student taught with, suggested that I talk to the coaches. They, they knew a guy named Sonny Smith, who was an assistant. Don DeVoe was the head coach. Said, you ought to talk to him about a grad assistant position. Back then, there weren't any limits on the staff. It was only what schools did. And traditionally, most schools had two full-time guys and a grad assistant. So I went by, literally just you know knocked on the door, introduced myself, said I'd like to be a grad assistant, and they said we've already filled that spot uh which again you know was uh, okay i'm going to go to grad school anyway kind of thing uh because you you know when you get a teaching when you finally get a teaching job if you've got a master's you get paid a little bit more so i was going to go ahead and invest in this at that point in time my wife already had a teaching job so i could afford to do this um so i didn't get it uh and then October 15th was the start of practice. That, that that was the traditional start of basketball practice. It's kind of an interesting story in that uh, uh, on October 14th, I got a phone call at home and it was Don DeVoe said, listen... Um, our grad assistant is a guy named Steve Seward. He's he played at William and Mary, and um, actually played at Vandy and then William and Mary. And he said uh, he's on the road recruiting. He's done a great job recruiting, and I've got him out a lot. I don't have anybody to help me at practice because at that point, you know, coaches didn't weren't at every practice. They weren't coaches, assistant coaches weren't at every game. Uh, you you very seldom saw your team play multiple games. If you were an assistant, you were on the road recruiting. So he said, I need somebody to help me out at practice. Are you? Interested and I and I couldn't say the part that you know uh, that I wanted to say or that would have been bleeped out on the radio show. But yes, I, and the next day I'm coaching Division One basketball. <laughs> How about that? And the rest and, is and, history. And the rest
3: of it worked out pretty well. So you said Sonny Smith was an assistant, and yeah. I guess he got the Auburn job, and you went with no.
0: Him. He got the East Tennessee State job, and and that was another weird thing. I, right away, I got introduced to uh, craziness because my first year we were pretty good. My second year we were really Really good at Virginia Tech, and I was the full-time grad assistant. You yeah, actually getting paid at this point? Yeah. And we were we made it to the NCAA, and I think the field was only twenty-eight or thirty-four. We were an independent, and we were really good. Um, you talking about best teams you ever played. I'll, I'll come back to that. But but um, but then at the end of that year. Don DeVos alma mater opened up. He played at Ohio State with Bobby Knight and Ohio State opened up and he had applied for the job and the Virginia Tech guys got the AD got tired of waiting on him said you either you either sign your contract or we're going to fire you. Well we were 21 and 5 went to the NCAA. They're not going to fire you. So DeVos said, "Well, you know, while I'm interviewing for this job, I don't feel like I should they fired him." Man. So all of a sudden, he was the coach at Wyoming, and Sonny was the coach at at East Tennessee State. Wow! And I had a choice: Cheyenne, yeah, Cheyenne, uh, or uh, Johnson City. And I knew where Johnson City was. I wasn't sure where Cheyenne was. So, so uh, the the rest of its history. But but that second year, you talked about uh, something that we may talk about it later in the show or something, or or in a future show. Uh, we played at Indiana in their basketball tournament the year they went. 32 and 0 undefeated. Yeah, with Quinn Buckner, Wilkerson, Abermathy, May and Benson as their starting five, uh five NBA players and again of course, you know, one of the uh probably one of the uh, four names that we might mention later in the show oh okay all right a little tease there Mag mccarthy joining us
3: here in the pirate radio studios and you read this though you read my book so you already knew all that sure but not everybody else does <laughs> <laughs> you're full of it too. uh did you so you you went there to be a you wanted to be a sports writer did you have a it seemed like you had a good relationship with us like being the media when you coached. like did you have a an appreciation, maybe more so than other coaches, because your background.
0: No, I think so. I, you know, I think not only haven't done it because I did. I I wrote articles for the local newspapers and was an editor of a weekly newspaper while I was in high school and college. Hmm. I, I wrote a ton of articles uh, and uh, game stories and that kind of thing. And I think I did. And something else I did in college also helped me later on. I officiated high school basketball uh, to make a little money. Uh, so so I had officiated and. <laughs> And done the sports writing, so later on, uh, I had a little bit of experience, at least that I, you know, I had some relationship with with those two uh, factions.
3: You're a one man operation. You can coach, call the game, and then write the story. Like you tell the whole story there. I don't know that I did any of them very well, but I enjoyed doing all of them. So did you tell the refs when you were arguing with them, like, no, no, trust me, I've I've ref games. I know that I'm right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not like that other coach yelling. I, I, I'm one
0: of you guys. I'm sure that that came up at occasion and. and And even talk radio, we had a student radio station, W-U-V-T, it! And there was a young guy that uh, was in my class, and he wanted to do, like, talk radio, even though I don't even know that anybody was doing talk radio, but he wanted to do it about sports and he couldn't get any of the other coaches to go on. So I was a regular <laughs> on talk radio, even in college.
3: That's awesome. I uh, I worked at a student station at ECU WZMB, and I wanted to do play-by-play, which I was able to do, which was really cool for football and basketball, and do a sports show. But to do that, they were like, you have to do a three-hour rock show on Saturday nights from like 10 to... Oh, wow. 1 a.m. or whatever, and I was like, "All right, I'll do that if I can do all this other cool sports stuff." So it was a give and take there, but it was a, it was a lot of fun. I'm trying to think. uh I probably called some of your games, maybe when you were an assistant coach. At probably ECU. games we lost. Um, maybe a few, maybe a few. <laughs> all right, we keep bringing that up. So LD Williams was randomly at sports trivia last, and I remember him as a high flyer for a very good Wake Forest team that came here to Menchie's and beat east carolina and i I brought that up with you can can i can, can i be honest about the conversation we had I, I've been embarrassed in front of bigger audiences than this. <laughs> That's a good point. You said I don't think I coached in that game. I, I don't. I wasn't the coach that game. I was like, I think you were, but I'll take your word for it. So then we hung up the phone, and I looked it up, and I screenshotted quotes from that game that you said where we're disappointed with our second half because in that game, Wake Forest was top ten, had Ish Smith, Jeff Teague, Al Aminu, James Johnson, all went to the NBA. You're only down by four at halftime, and Pirates ended up losing by a lot more than that. But my question was going to be, like, best teams you have played. But the funny thing is, you had totally erased that from your mind, because why think about the negative thoughts like that, right? That game didn't happen. We got to uh, well,
0: move on. It, it certainly did happen, but uh, it's part of the reason I'm talking to you on the radio. Uh, but do you? So, but you did remember
3: playing that team in Greensboro.
0: We did. Yeah.
3: And, I think the and that, and that, I maybe. think
0: that was a close game at halftime too. And then uh, you know Dino Gaudio kind of ran a score up on us a little bit, uh, which I still haven't forgiven him for. Really? I still talk negative about him. Uh, you know, not necessarily to his face, but just behind his back. That's cool. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, he ran the. <laughs> Score up a little bit, but that's okay. He, he got fired too. So what the hell? <laughs> uh, so what? When you, you thought you said you
3: mentioned that Indiana team? I, I'm sure you had some battles in the SEC. But when you think about
0: like best teams, a symbol of players you've coached against? Yeah, you know we we played against the Fab Five. Um, at Michigan and at home. Who were you with then? Chattanooga. Okay. You no, know, we played up there, and uh, they actually got up about twenty, and we uh, they kind of subbed, and we we cut the lead all the way to six at the end of the game. They had to put the starters back in, uh, and then the next year we've got them beat at our place, and we have a couple 10-second calls right at the. Uh, a couple of them had left by then, though. Who was the best member of the Fab Five? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, Weber was probably the the most talented of all of them, and oh. Rose might have been the best player. Of, uh, How'd you get him the to go to hour. your place? You know, I we got it was all about relationships back then, and uh, and Coach Fisher was really a good guy, and I had gotten to know him on the recruiting trail a little bit. We uh we had just you know j- this would never happen right, you know now, but we had. Like I mentioned, we Alabama played in our place, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Auburn played in our place, Tennessee played in our place, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Texas, Purdue with Big Dog Robinson played in our place, Michigan played in our place, Penn State played in our place. And this
3: is all because of relationships you had? All because personally? of
0: relationships, yeah.
3: And we've had some all-fair discussion. I, I want to talk about – I watched the movie Air, and you said you had seen it as well, and you, have, you had a relationship with uh, Sonny Vaccaro. But it sounds like, Coach, that you had a lot more control as a coach over almost everything than coaches do now, where it's gone to maybe the school's. The institutions more so than the head coach of a program.
0: Yeah, and particularly the school, the shoe deal was negotiated totally with the coaches back in the day, and vaquero was the first one to really do that. Now, Converse had a, had a handful of deals maybe before Sonny did, but he was the first one to make it popular. Where he went after a whole bunch of schools, and that was you know that was what he was known for. He eventually became known for for talking into talking Nike into signing uh, Jordan, but but in Initially, he changed the world of, of shoes in college basketball by going after and trying to sign all these coaches' deals. And uh, he would bet on young coaches if he if he saw a guy at uh, at you know whatever UNCW, uh, you know he would he would hire him on the chance that he might get the NC State job. And uh, but yeah, we got paid directly by the shoe companies, and even the equipment that came in was was you know designated for us. It wasn't designated for the school. Um, and, and you also might have, football might be wearing Converse, and basketball might be wearing Nike, and the track team might be wearing Adidas. Right. And that doesn't happen anymore. The NCAA changed those rules and said that shoe deals have to be done with the uh, with the school as a whole. They're not a, actually, even though I think they really are behind the scenes, done with the athletic departments, but, but actually the school itself is the recipient of all this uh, money and equipment. So how did you uh, meet uh, Sonny Vicar? How did all that happen? Well, all that was back uh, on in camps and All-Star games. Yeah. Son- Sonny's big thing where he got access to all the college coaches was he ran a tournament in he ran a, an All-Star game in Pittsburgh called the Dapper Dan, the Dapper Dan All-Star Game. And kids came from all over the country. And there was a local game like Pennsylvania versus someone. Uh, but And then there was a national game. There were two games. And uh, all the best players would go play in the those games. And then eventually he ran camps, one called the ABCD camp. It started out, I think, at Princeton and then it moved around to different places. But camps and all star games were where you made those contacts. And so, now is, is this what AAU branched
3: off from, basically? Like, that was kind of the, the birth child of it all?
0: Yeah, AAU always had a place, but the, but the camps were where you went. If you were a player, you went to the camps. The biggest one of all was the five-star camp in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. They eventually branched out into other locations. But then they got another big camp going on called the uh, – uh, oh, gosh – Five star camp in Milledgeville, Georgia. Uh, a bunch of Converse guys created that mm-hmm. one uh, Larry Conley, uh, Bill Bolton, and a guy named Bill Cronauer, who was a scouting service guy. They started a big one in the South, and they were competing camps, and then others sprung up along the way. But eventually, AAU got to going, and then AAU became where everybody went. Mag McCarthy joining us. Uh, did,
3: did you like watching that air movie and hearing about those old names at the time? Like, did it bring you some flashbacks when you were watching that?
0: <laughs> you act like it was in another century. Oh, wait, it was the, uh, but, but, yeah, you know, I, I've, um, I've also been lucky enough to be good friends with George Raveling and, um, and of course, Vicaro being a main character. And, um, I even got to know, uh, Jordan's mother a little bit. I sat with her at a, an Olympic exhibition game in Indianapolis, uh, where, where we had Chuck person was on that team and of course Michael was on that team got to know her a little bit saw her you know a couple of times at the final four and that kind of thing so yeah I I was very interested thought it was really well done uh, uh, they cleaned uh, vaquero up a little bit in the movie mm-hmm. uh, he, he wasn't quite as uh, uh, I don't know what rough around the edges as, okay. uh, as he is in person uh, but at the same time he had even he has even way more personality than 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 that guy did.
3: Uh, George Raveling, did, did he coach at USC? Yes, he did. Okay, I remember him from that. What was his connection with Son in. Like the whole,
0: they were best friends, and, okay. and it happened because Vakaro uh, was running the Dapper Dan uh, All Star Games, and and Raveling was recruiting because he was okay. an assistant for Coach Griselle at Maryland. Uh, then he was at Villanova, and then he got the head job at Iowa. Then he got uh, he he. I don't know if he got let go there or he moved to Washington State. Then he moved to USC, or it could have been vice versa. But um, and now he's still heavily involved in the grassroots effort uh, for Nike
3: uh we got more questions coming in uh, pike asking did you ever coach against a player named robert seiler from seiler city north carolina he graduated from jordan matthews high school in 87 played at wake forest pro ball in argentina robert seiler no i remember the name though yeah, i feel like i remember that name yeah. too um all right we need to get another break in chris we'll get to your question about aau we'll get coach max mount rushmore of uh coaches x and o coaches and more when we return hour one Pirate radio live got a question for coach you can get it in one more segment with coach mack when we return after this
4: Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Well, CopyPro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip.
3: All right. Got a good look at intern Joey on the cam there. Connor kind of tugged behind Shirley but uh good job guys y'all are getting it done here in the pirate radio studios today chandler honeycutt shirley rhodes coach mack joining us inside the pirate radio studios had a fun chat with him and we'll do that every tuesday here on the program at three o'clock and kind of saying coach we'll talk about the current events and Then we'll kind of get off topic probably, and that's just the way it's going to go. But I enjoy it, and I think the folks do as well. Good. uh, good. Yeah, that's all that matters, right? We'll talk Uh, about
0: anything they want.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Now, Irving has a question, and coaches are going to be able to answer it. As specific as your question is designed, he says, as a former coach and a former official, could you speak to the quality of officiating in minji's Williams Arena over the years? Now you can answer it from when you <laughs> coached here, but Coach, you call how many games do you call men, men's and women's a year? Would you say?
0: I mean, uh, my biggest year, I've probably done fifty. My smallest right. year, probably twenty-two or three. Something so you're
3: like calling that. a lot of live games. You're also watching a lot of basketball, yeah. so you can speak to it. Across the board, kind of, and what you see. Uh, he says, the non power five schools get lesser quality officiating than bigger schools? So, like, your overall thoughts on officiating in basketball?
0: Yeah, well, the answer to that specific question is yes, yes. Uh, you know, and uh, the answer to that is money. Uh, we will we, we'll, we'll bring that up often. Uh, we don't know the question, but the answer is money to, to, a, <laughs> right. to a whole lot of different things. But uh, but yeah, the, I mean, the the officials, the better officials, are going to work the higher paying games, and the higher paying games are going to be in the higher paying leagues. Uh, that that's a fact. Uh, and you know, occasionally you do get those guys, and there's an ongoing argument as to if you're in the, let's just pick out a conference, the Southern Conference, where I was for a long time, there's an ongoing argument among those coaches. Do you want... Teddy Valentine on his night off or do you want a young guy who's trying to break into the game and just getting started in the game uh, and you've got his full attention yeah. um, and, and and that's a good question would you rather have the more talented experienced guy maybe Valentine was a bad example because he, he's kind of a lightning rod for everything but would you you know Random, random, experienced, good official from the ACC. Would you rather have him? Um, you know, and maybe you know, does he take does he take the night off on you, or not give your best effort, or or you know? Uh, and I don't know that those guys ever actually do that, right, right. but yeah. but that's the perception that you get sometimes. And um, but yeah, the 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 quality. And if you play on a night where everybody is playing, like Saturday night, you're you're you know, your uh, your officials, your official pool is going to be smaller. I was forever trying to get the Southern Conference to play on Friday and Sunday, and we would have access to the quote-unquote better officials. But I will say this from a from a television perspective, and I tell the officials this all the time, from my perspective across the court, they're a whole lot better than they were from the other side. <laughs>
3: they're doing a great job now. Why weren't you that good when Coach Mack was, was coaching on the sidelines? Uh, Coach, could you... How many tags did you get in your career? Are we in the dozens? Are we in the?
0: Uh... Uh, well, we were into double figures for sure. I don't know if we. I don't know if we reached two dozen. But uh, my first year, I had twelve, which you know, the, I thought everybody was picking on me. Your first but, year alone, but I got I got tossed three times. Like, and, and they're all good stories but but I got tossed three times once at VMI which is a great story once at Tennessee State, which is a lesser story and then once uh, once here at ECU uh, at Memphis uh, where I did not speak to the official on either technical and mm-hmm. still got tossed man how the, how did that happen? Uh, I made some gestures, uh, <laughs> okay. you know, which which I don't think were actually offensive, but uh, but uh, apparently struck a struck a nerve with Ed Hightower. Oh, okay. I, I'm maintaining, he, you know, Ed was bald at one time, and now he has hair. Uh, I'm maintaining that it, that had something to do with it. He was going through a transition of hairless to haired. Uh, you know, I don't. And know. he took it out on you. He did. I think that's, he did. That's yeah. not fair at yeah. all. And uh, we were we were getting beat enough that it was okay. Derrick Rose was in the game, and yeah, uh, yeah it was fine. I did not mind watching from the locker room <laughs> uh, good stuff how about
3: uh ramey steins eastern north carolina zone how, how would you rate him as an well official? Th- this is a good
0: story ramey uh, i got a call uh, we're playing unc greensboro we're at chattanooga we're playing unc greensboro this is their first year of division one basketball and jim burts the head of officials calls and says mac i got a young guy that i think is going to be good i'm gonna put him in your game I said, that's fine. He said, call me after the game. I called him after the game. I said, this guy's going to be really good. Hmm. And it was Ramy. Yeah, and uh, he must be good. He's getting those
3: trips to – he's like the official referee for the Battle for Atlantis now. He gets to go yeah. on that trip every year. He, here,
0: does. he like. does. He does. A little Orlando, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and of course, Trey, his son, yeah. is, is going to be really good. He's already getting some big games.
3: Ramey is such a great guy, too. I just – I. I look at coaches screaming at him on tv and i'm like how, God, how did you do that to ramey's he's, yeah. <laughs> he's such a nice guy all right coach uh, as we wrap it up here did you come up with four your mount rushmore of x's and o's college basketball coaches i
0: did and it's really hard but but on one hand but on the other hand it, it really isn't hard and uh, i don't think i don't think but one of them will be controversial maybe two but uh but yeah dean smith john wooden coach k and bobby knight all right,
3: Jamie uh, had had predicted it. He said he knows you will have Dean Smith and Bobby Knight, um, and he said Coach Mack doesn't strike me as a Coach K guy. I don't know what that means. Yeah, well, well I I don't know.
0: But tell you, we got time. We, I, <laughs> we, you know, when I was uh, when I was a coach. We would take every fourth day off. And we did it for a lot of reasons. Number one was to keep the kids fresh. But number number two was we would take that fourth day and we would go watch somebody practice. Sometimes multiple teams would go to Charlotte and watch uh, Davidson and UNC Charlotte or wherever. But one of our trips was we went to Duke early in the afternoon and then Carolina uh, later in the day. And and this is not an indictment or, or criticism of anybody, but it's just my experience with Coach K. I had been around Coach K some because each summer I took off and went to different places. I went to Kansas with Roy Williams. I went to Louisville with Denny Crum. I went to Duke when, uh, with Coach K. Although you end up spending time with Mike Bray or you know mm-hmm. Coach Gaudette or you end up spending time with the assistants. You don't necessarily spend time with the head coach. But I spent like a week at each one of those places, learning stuff. But, uh, but in this situation, the fourth day, we took this day off. I was at VCU. We go to Duke. Coach K's running practice. He, he sits down with us on the front row of, the, of Cameron on the bleachers and sits there the entire practice and talks to us the entire practice. The assistants ran to practice, and he sat there and talked to us about what they were doing, what they were trying to do. Could not have been hmm. more pleasant. We leave there. We go to Chapel Hill. Coach Guthridge is coaching super guy. Couldn't be nicer guy. Carolina has a rule that no one that didn't letter at Carolina can be below the upper deck during practice. So we're sitting in the upper deck watching practice. <laughs> after we just sat on the front row for 2 hours with a guy that is on the on the Mount Rushmore, yeah. in, my, in my opinion, uh, and they were both great learning experiences. But but that's just you know you see Coach K and you uh, my wife is one of the people that she can, she pulls against Duke no matter what uh, she's one of those people who who has that that opinion of Coach yeah. K but could not have been nicer to me uh, at at multiple points in time and I'll tell you another story about it. I'm getting ready to hire an assistant. I've interviewed Jeff Capel. who's one of the guys I've interviewed. And he calls me on the way home. I'm, I'm driving home from VCU after practice one day. And he says, I understand you're interviewing, um, you know, Jeff Capel. I'd like to talk to you about him." I said, that's fine. I'm driving. I'm on my way home. I'm, you know, I'm going to be in the car about 25 minutes. He said, no. He said, I need your full attention. I need you to pull over on the side of the road. And I need your full attention because I'm going to tell you all about this guy. And he talked for 45 minutes. And you know and he was going to tell me everything he knew about this guy good and bad and and then try to help me make a decision as to who I should hire. Wow. And I thought that was one of the more impressive things I've seen. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah.
3: great stories uh, from coach Mag McCarthy uh, joining us. You're battling these coaches in recruiting and sometimes rivalries form, but is it that way today? Are these coaches still getting stuff from one another hanging out with
0: one another has it become more separate what do you think probably more separate but for different reasons uh not only are there's more money at stake none of us were making any money it didn't matter you know who did what uh there was more camaraderie but also from the technology standpoint you have access to every single play of every single game right totally and you have all the analytics that go along with those you don't necessarily need to know why they did this or why they did that because you have access to everything they've ever done
3: uh, ah yeah, good point uh tyler you were asking earlier what you would uh, who would you like to have on coach max podcast he said you should uh bring some referees on i think that'd be interesting oh i'd love to
0: I, and, and they'll all come on they, they would love to do it should referees do post-game press conferences coach there might maybe maybe as a, a spokesperson um, you know, to, to explain why a particular call was made, that kind of thing. And I don't know if it would be one of the three. At the top levels, you have observers there at every game. You have you have somebody from the conference observing the the referees. They could, they maybe could feel the calls because they're act they're in the locker room. They have they have uh, you know they're privy to the, to those kind of conversations. So they might be able to do it, uh, or the lead official might be able to do it.
3: Yeah you yeah, you do the spokesman you could do it just like washington does and uh at the white house press conferences or whatever and they could just brush off every yeah. question
0: everybody and, needs to bring that uh, the <laughs> redheaded girl jen saki she's so good she <laughs> never she, answered yeah, any question she she could handle she could handle any press conference in, in a in a sports writers world and i don't know
3: would would it make anybody feel any better would it does it make you I mean, don't you hate it when the ref comes out after the game or the the referee, head referee says, we missed a call in that game? Like, does that do anything? No. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But some people just want answers from yeah. people. So I get it. All right, Coach. Uh, we we accomplished a couple of things. We fixed a couple of rules. Yeah. And uh, had some good discussions. So we'll call this a win. It's a, it's a win i thought we got things fixed yeah we, i don't know <laughs> but there are endless problems so we'll that is be, true we'll be in business for a while always more problems to uh <laughs> to solve coach really enjoyed it thanks for hanging out with us and we'll talk to you next tuesday thank you guys mac mccarthy joining us pirate radio studios to kick off this tuesday edition of pirate radio live from one great storyteller to another mike Mullis joins us when we return on pirate radio live back with you after these words
1: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. Do you need custom T-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitiesportswareenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Flip.
3: Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, here on a Tuesday. East Carolina pitcher Josh Groves joining us in about 30 minutes or so. Also, Bryce Williams will join us on the program. See if he's got any uh, Big Rock guests for us today. We'll talk a little Big Rock coming up. And hour number three, Mike Mullis, the Molly Man, joining us now inside the Power Radio Studios. What's up, Molly? Not a whole lot. Speaking of the Big Rock, it would be my worst
6: nightmare to be on one of those boats struck by lightning, and it takes me like twenty-four hours to get home. Did you see that? The eight—I think it was called the April May—struck mm, by lightning that. yesterday. And when the boats were going out today, the Coast Guard
3: was still towing that boat in. Man, there's not enough beer on that boat. Nah. That's uh, that's pretty hellish. We'd have a problem, hellish hell on earth uh, situation there, Mully. All right, we got uh, Shirley. Can you get that clip again? Texas Stanford last night. No, what man, a way to lose! Don't, don't play that. That's... What a way! play what it, to Shirley. Bouncer. Oh.
6: Bouncer. skies This one, and they don't spot it. Kennedy looking for it, and it drops. Stanford wins.
3: Oh, I remember I showed you, that Mully. The way UNCW advanced to their conference championship, Championship. third baseman drops the ball, runner scores, just a brutal way for your season to end. Stakes are even higher here, and you've had that ball hit to those collection of players, right fielder, center fielder, second baseman, whoever, a million times where they get under it, catch it, and, and that's the one that knocks them out.
6: Man, I watched that thing several times, and I was like, all right, What is the redeeming quality about this? Like, is there any? The only thing that can make you feel a little bit better is that nobody knew where it was except for the shortstop. So the shortstop and first baseman are pointing at the ball in the air. They they, they, nobody else knew where the ball was. So it's kind of like if the dude at Wilmington, the whichever team they were playing to drive. That's an isolated. That's like a Owen Daffer feeling that situation at least you go guys I no nobody saw it they just so but yeah what a terrible way to lose a super regional and they now you know you go on and read about it and I've never been to Stanford's ballpark but they say the twilight there is like a real problem like you the the ball just gets lost in the sky regularly there were two other games they won this year because of drop fly balls
3: well i've seen a lot of people comment on their stadium and it's not that great no uh, but that's their advantage the home field advantage get them in the twilight yeah okay we're going to start this game at uh what you know what time's the sun setting today all right we're going to start two and a half hours before that that bet on stanford uh if that's the case right uh so the cardinal move on and you've got some heavyweights there mully you've got your cinderella with oral roberts Uh, Wake Forest looks absolutely unbeatable right now. They're good. I mean, they're good on both sides, and it couldn't happen to a better
6: guy and a better staff. And I, you know, what a a great story uh, with Coach Walters years ago. He had a player recruited. uh, Kid got sick, had a kidney issue, and uh, Coach Walter actually donated a kidney to that young guy. So that's been probably been eight or ten years ago. Well, maybe not quite that long. Anyway, time flies, but uh, that's the kind of person that, uh, that that coach is, and um, you know, it was two years ago they were left for dead. I mean, two years ago they were bad, and yeah. and the record showed it. But uh, turned it around, figured it out, cleaned house, new new coaching staff all the way around, and um, you know, just a, a class act, class program, and and they're good. Them being good doesn't mean they're gonna win the World Series. And I look, and I I, I thought I said it on the air, or, or, but I liked ORU going into this uh, as a four that could make it out, and they've managed to do so. Man, they're good. They they hit, and and it's, I and I happened to be with a uh, on the phone with a buddy of mine from from Coastal the other day, and I said, how many times do you think the world will refer to Coastal Carolina as it relates to ORU? Like that's the last time that you know, especially if they can make a deep run, that's kind of the last comparison there. So, uh, yeah, it should be fun, man. It's you know, you got the World Series and the U.S. Open this weekend, and. Um, That makes for a good Father's Day
4: weekend.
3: Yeah, a lot going on. Going to be a fun sports weekend. Mike Mullis joining us. Mully, talked with Coach Mack earlier, do you think they should reseed the teams in the World Series? Because there's one bracket that's stacked and one maybe a little lesser. Uh, The argument could be made both ways. I think with it being baseball, though,
6: that's a little bit of a, a mitigator in that from the fact that anybody in this field can beat anybody else in this field. Like you say, oh, anybody in the regionals can beat anybody else in the regionals. maybe one night. Like maybe Friday night, I got you know, I've got my guy going, he gets hot, he beats you. At this point in the season, all these dudes have dudes. Like they've got their three, four arms starters deep, their bullpens are good, they may be, you know, some a little better than others, but I, I think that is the wild card. It's not you know it's a it's a different sport than than football or basketball
3: yeah and and coach mag was asking why why has it been since the late 90s since the number one team won it where yeah you get upsets in other sports college basketball but number one wins quite a bit yeah uh, and then he said softball uh, you know oklahoma seems to always win the number one team uh, football it's pretty rare um, that the number one team doesn't win we, we've seen it a couple times Why in baseball? I think you just explained it with the different pitcher on the mound and all that stuff. But baseball is that sport where if you've been number one overall, it has not meant you're going to win a championship. Yeah, and it's
6: hard, I think, to compare uh, even like baseball to softball in this situation. Baseball is such a uh, it's a long game with a ton of events that happen uh, in kind of their own little time and space. And when that one event happens, lots of other things can happen off of that. I mean, a drop. Of course, we just talked about a drop, but a a drop pop-up in foul ground can lead to a home run on the next pitch. You don't see those things in all these other sports. There's a little more... I mean, softball is a much faster-paced game than, than baseball is, and so I don't think you see those little time capsules that when you go... Man, if that hadn't happened, this wouldn't have happened. I mean, there's so many things, the, the sequence of events. That's why we talk about freebies, right? Like you you can't give, you can't commit errors. You, you can't, you know, hit by pitch. You you know, you can't give up 0-2 base hits, you know, two out knocks. That That's why all those things are big. How many times do we see uh, a play behind a pitcher? He drops a ball, you know, a defender misses a ball, whatever. Pitcher's already headed off the mound. He's got to turn around, come back to the mound with a runner on first base, two outs. He had kind of turned it off now all of a sudden he's got to re-engage and and
3: 50% of the time it doesn't go well that reminded me we talked about that with uh, Josh Groves who's joining us here in a little bit it was a road series Mully there was an error by Starling and Groves was kind of doing what you were saying walking off comes back I think gives up a bomb yeah and uh on a sunday afternoon and uh yeah those things you gotta you gotta get your brain right although you don't have a lot of time uh, if you lose the next guy you could be yanked out of the game so. that's right yeah and it's you know it's again it's such a different such a different sport all right mike mullis joining us here do you i mean you got a pick you want to throw one uh, against the wall Who? i mean win? i'm gonna i'm gonna stay on the oru train it just feels right
6: I, can anybody beat Wake Forest? And of course, we just said that they could, but will they? I, Wake's really good, man. I mean, Wake is re- Tennessee getting in is scary to me because they can score in buckets. Um, so I mean, it, top to bottom, I, it's 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 a good field. I mean, it's and but I but I don't think O R U's outclassed. The, the way, way they score runs, uh and, and then they bring that big that left handed big bird in and he's freaking, I mean, that that's that's tough to hit. I mean it's very Randy Johnson like. It's that kind of you know, high three slot and it is I mean, from left handers he's throwing it from behind them. I mean it's it's nasty.
3: So I believe did we see Mully the most home runs ever in college baseball yeah. this year? I believe yeah. I saw that. And and the most strikeouts. So it is just it's Major League Baseball at this. I mean,
6: yeah, I guess. It, 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 look, I, I, does it surprise over,
3: you though that we are we had the most ever and we're away from those, um, yeah, nuclear no, no, weapons, no, 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 man.
6: You got these kids, man. These kids are big. I, so I, I was just gonna say, I went over uh, Monday uh, and watched the uh, Canes and Dirtbags mix it up a little bit, and um, let me tell you something. They had a, I mean, this one kid, six nine, two forty. He's a junior in high
3: school. He's a pitcher. Not to pull a Charlie Woods here, but he should be playing. Uh, he should be playing football. wide receiver, yeah. <laughs> but this kid, I mean, <clears throat> and, and both teams had
6: really physical kids. Now, I would say that the Canes were a little more physical, and their their roster reflects that. They they only had like three kids committed to schools that weren't in regionals. They, I mean, they are loaded with uh, dudes that were that are SEC type guys. Then you, the Dirtbacks had three pirates on it. Had a number of guys that were committed to uh, to really really good programs, uh, but the physicality was just just throughout the whole field on both sides was was crazy impressive. But though no, I you know, it, but watching those kids take BP, I'll tell you this. Uh, the 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 Canes had a left-handed hitter. They're hitting with Wood now. And I don't know if you remember, Monday, the wind was pretty significant. It was dead across to right. Okay, so it wasn't out. It was foul pole to foul pole. He hit two or three balls, during BP, over the, the the Moylan shots, over the school board, swinging Wood, and he's a junior in high school.
3: They, I mean, that's a different deal. Yeah. There you go. Mike Mullis joining us. Uh, let's take a break. Can you hang out one more second? Sure. All right, more with Mully when we return. Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. Josh Groves coming up later on this hour as well. Got a question for Mully. You can get it in. And uh questions for Groves as well. More to go. Pirate Radio Live after this. I
6: take back those
1: words that hurt you. You'll stay. I don't know why I did the things I
0: did. I hopped off the plane at LAX with a dream and a again.
5: Welcome to the land of fame, XS. Huh?
4: Am I gonna fit
1: in? <laughs> You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit UniversityPCCare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. Watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. All you have to do is uh, go to YouTube, search for Pirate Radio TV, and subscribe today. You can also click on the like button. You can watch Pirate Radio Live Monday through Friday, 3 until 6 p.m. And of course, the Bud Light pregame tailgate and U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days. Go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV and click on that subscribe button. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip.
3: All right, back with you Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday as we roll on with Mully in the Pirate Radio studios. Josh Groves coming up in just a little bit uh jamie asking in youtube uh he heard coach and i talk coach godwin and i talking about players entering the transfer portal uh but didn't we didn't mention any names and we uh the group here came up with a list that we uh believe we have an unofficial list this is an unofficial list of players transferring out both during the season and after the season um Merritt Beaker, Cam Murphy, Cam Burgess, Colby Thorndike, Miles Curley, and Connor Rasmussen. Is that one? Well, again, this is an unofficial list, so these are unofficially the players we believe to be uh, or have already entered the transfer portal. Yeah. So, uh, um, I
6: had an interesting conversation yesterday with a, a couple coaches, and and the the portal more than the NIL, the portal has affected the theories of high school recruiting. Uh, and and here's what I mean by that. So you're seeing big recruiting classes coming into colleges now. I mean, twelve to twelve to eighteen. For example, is seven, seventeen here? Yeah. Uh, so what what they're having to do because they don't know what they don't know what impact the portal could have on their program. They're they're almost over recruiting their spots with the understanding that some of these freshmen, somebody's going to have to leave the team, right? They, they can't carry uh, – you know, they carry 40 guys. So they may start the fall with more than 40, but when it comes down to roster time, they, they've got what they've got at, at 40, and then I think the travel number is 27. So a lot of times the, the casualties in this are freshmen that maybe historically would have been able to maybe redshirt, if not stay in the program and have an opportunity to develop – now what happens is you go out and you can out recruit that need out of the portal. So it's you know all of that has had tremendous impact on recruiting philosophies. I, you know, a couple of weeks ago doing the the high school state champion stuff, um, we 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 there there were a couple of players that I kind of liked them as guys that were developing. This is one a two a nobody local. And I was talking to their coach. I'm like, so this kid has a sign or hasn't. He's like, no, he's had some interest, but he's not, you know, and he was a kind of a tweener. I mean, it was a left-handed pitcher that had some projectability. And, again, a guy that would have uh, maybe take a, a flyer's chance on. And he actually hit a ball, hit a home run. So he swung the bat a little bit. Anyway, he's like, no, he's really not getting any love. And he's kind of frustrated. And, you know, and, and he, he is a high academic kid. He's really not considering the JUCO route. He's, you know, now he's kind of relegated himself to just going to school. That's a kid that that a, especially at a high academic school, and when I'm talking high academic, I'm talking, you know, even like the VMIs, Duke, uh, you know, and obviously some of your Ivy League schools, they would have taken a look at that kid possibly in, you know, in a previous time. And now, what is his favorite? And now he's he's kind of saying, I want to go to school and maybe try to walk on or maybe play club ball or, you know, whatever. And, and, you and, go out, maybe. I mean, it, well, because of his academics, he's not, you know. So, yeah, he's yeah, got other things yeah, to he's, he's Yeah, that's right. Okay. He knows that he's probably not going to play in the big leagues anyway. Right. He would like to play in college. He's capable of playing in college, in my opinion. Um, but he, that's, you know, it wasn't, the fit wasn't there for him.
3: Mike Mullis joining us, yeah, it's interesting. And and Coach Gowin talked yesterday. Molly, how many relationships all time have actually had a mutual split? I mean, is the answer zero? Has there ever been like a a guy that broke up with a girl or vice versa where they at the same time they said we need a break. We need to. Split. I, I,
6: I will tell you one that was fairly mutual. That's kind of funny, and I cannot repeat the exact verbiage, and I will change the names to protect the innocent. Okay. But this person quite possibly could be listening. Um, he he wor- worked for me when I was a, a manager with a with another company, and um, anyway, he, his production wasn't very good, and and I said, "Come on, man! I had to take. a, had to." Take a ride to go. I said, Come on, jump in the car with me. Let's, you know, and he starts talking and he goes, Man, coach, I got this going on. I got this going on. I'm like, Man, this is me you're talking to. What he goes, can I be honest I said yeah he said I effing hate this job and I said look man no big deal so we mutually kind of okay, shook hands right. and I said hey you know ride it out get your paperwork cleaned up and then you know you can ride off into the sunset so it does happen
3: but I think that is probably the more rare situation I bring that up because you know Cliff yesterday says that some of these things are mutual when it comes to transfers where it's a conversation like if you want to play more you might need to yeah guys, the, guys
6: look, and, and I tell you but most of the time if you talk to the guys that are in the dugout, they know why they're not playing i mean it, hey man i'm short here i'm not quite getting it done here um and and the there is a certain amount of self-awareness that goes into this and that transition year from you know you come in as a freshman that transition year from it's cool to sign i don't care where you sign it's cool to sign it's cool to get the hat the t-shirt that that wears off pretty quickly when you realize like i got a job to do like this is this is next level stuff uh and and that the people that make that hump have a fighting chance. They become a little more self-aware. Guys like to do what they're good at, right? So if I you got a great hitter, he wants to hit more. You got a guy who really likes to take ground balls, he wants to take more, you know, that's what he wants to do. You got to work on what you don't like to do. And that's a pretty mature position mm. for a uh, you know, 17, 18-year-old kid that realizes you know, maybe this isn't what I thought it was.
3: Yeah. So I mean, we'll see what the roster looks like uh, this fall, I guess. And we've got decisions to make for a couple of Joshes: Josh Moylan, Josh Groves, with the drafts coming up. And I appreciated Josh Moylan's honesty. He says if if the numbers right and everything's right, his dream is to play pro baseball. He's going. Look, man. He it- said he he has totally not shot down right the chance that he'd be back at ECU. So listen, if
6: if and I remember having this conversation with a young man that was drafted out of high school and he was the ECU commit. His dream, like, his absolute dream was to play professional baseball. Well, you got the opportunity right in front of you, okay? The money was decent, but and but the only way you're going to be a professional baseball player is to go play professional baseball. Like, you got what I'm saying? Like, you can't be a pro at East Carolina. It just... Or any other college, it just that just isn't it isn't the same deal with and, NIL now. You well, kinda, no, no, no. But that's <laughs> I know still what you're saying. the money. The money is the least part of learning how to be a professional player. Yeah. So it's one of those deals where you know if you've chased that that you know that carrot your whole life and now it's attainable and you get the opportunity to go do it. You know it's something you got to wait. Talk to your family, say a prayer about it, and you know and 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 make it.
3: You got to make it work out, whatever it is. And good luck to Josh. He's got a workout with the Tigers organization coming up on Wednesday, uh, so that'd be cool. And we'll uh, we'll see what Josh Groves has planned for this summer. Mully, uh, two questions before we wrap it up. Give me a winner in L.A. this week at the U.S. Open. Not named Tony Finau.
6: It won't be named Tony Finau. Too good of a field for my man. I mean, I, I look. I hope he's in the top five. Um, no do we do we stay hot with Capco? I was going to say. I mean it's hard to deny that. It Cap. is
3: amazing what he does.
6: It, oh, look he he just yeah, he just wins majors. I mean that's kind of what flips he does a
3: switch or something.
6: The deal there though, you know, with that rough he, you know, I, it, does he drive the ball well enough? He hits a little cut. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you got to think maybe, but um, I, I mean,
3: I'll go with Kepka just because he's the the hot hand. Do you know enough about the course and stuff, Molly? What what's the winning score? going Oh, bud, I I know I, I don't know enough. Okay. I don't even know if it's a par seventy one, par seventy two. Okay. You know, it's uh, i looking. So it. no, uh, I like a little late night golf though. Be on a little late. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, and we asked Coach Mack this earlier, somebody from YouTube, his Mount Rushmore of X's and O's college basketball coaches. You don't have to come up with four, but who are your all-time favorite managers you consider to be the best in uh, baseball? Ron Polk, uh, Augie Garrido. You're going college? Okay.
6: Oh, I, I'm sorry. That was where when, when no, you said fine. college Who's, basketball. i uh, this turned. Oh, man, this, these, guys are, these guys are much older. He was at Mississippi State. Okay. Georgia went back to Mississippi State. I know Augie's name. <laughs> Augie Garrido. Uh, obviously we're in Greenville so we gotta put Cliff
3: Gowan and Tommy Easton up there how about that alright there you go see how I, about yeah. pro ball pro ball I know one guy you're gonna say you're uh, a Terry Francona guy aren't you I like Francona oh, I, I
6: Francona was a big Joe Madden guy, guy. Yeah. and you know, that didn't work out real well uh, I um how about Gerardi was up he, he, for the, uh, and I'm not putting him the, up there. The on UCF the list, gig. Yeah. yeah that that's strange. Hey, what if, and yeah, him and Hare, and now Hare's come out from Campbell said, I'm not going anywhere like I'm happy the job's not done. I saw you tweet about it. You the had an
3: idea. On, How cool would that be? Yeah.
6: Uh, if you had Gerardi and, and Hare, and Gerardi gets a pro job and Hare stays around. Yeah. Um, uh, I got to go. Uh, Tony LaRusso. Uh, you you got I mean, to go back in time. Maybe Billy
3: Martin. All right. I don't know. Jamie it's, says Sparky Anderson. I say Bobby Cox. We all Bobby Cox ideas. would be right there. You know, there again, there's,
6: there's a lot of options there, and you don't you don't necessarily think X's and O's in baseball. Right. It's the management of the day to day. And I will say, there was probably nobody better than Bobby Cox at at doing and remaining consistent every day
3: i've heard it, all the stories from his players about just what he did, he what ju- he did yeah and he, you know he drove to
6: the ballpark an old ragged pickup truck he was the first one to get there last one to leave and you know so
3: yeah molly enjoy the chat as always, always man. Buddy. have a good week yeah enjoy uh the great sports weekend Wednesday yeah i plan weekend. to all right let's take a break when we return josh groves will join us here in the pirate radio studios we'll find out what he's up to this summer and talk about his season and the upcoming off season if you have questions for the pirate righty you can get those in on facebook twitter and youtube back with you pirate radio live on a tuesday after this See
5: the Hollywood sign. this is all so crazy everybody
3: seems so fresh that's when that taxi man turned on the
2: radio
0: and that jay-z song was on and that Jigga song was on and that h-o-b-a so i put my hands up they playing my song
1: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. Uh, For the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR9. 27 FM. You can join the over 63,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip.
3: Alright, that's the voice of Shirley Rhodes, Farmville Central Jaguar legend. And I'm looking at another Farmville Central Jaguar legend, Shirley. Um, Terquavion Smith, Baby T. Working out with the Pacers, sitting in a sweet leather Pacers chair with a Pacers shirt uh, on his chest. And he's going to get drafted in the upcoming NBA draft. And uh, pretty cool to see the kid from Farmville.
4: Yeah, not bad for I'm a I'm glad he won't Farmville be uh, that, on uh, NC
3: State anymore so I can root for him wherever he goes next.
4: Yeah, but I will tell you, he is one of the coolest dudes you'll ever be around. He, um, it, it, When uh, Farmville Central went to the state championship game most recently, uh, Baby T was actually uh, sitting on the bench. He oh, wanted yeah. to be with the team, and uh, so I wish him nothing but success. And uh, you know, this scrawny little skinny kid from Farmville is uh, getting ready to be an NBA basketball player, and that's pretty cool.
3: Awesome stuff. Uh, another guy looking to go to the next level in baseball is Josh Groves, who might hear his name called in the upcoming Major League Baseball draft. He joins us here in the Pi Radio Studios. Josh, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? doing great wish we were previewing uh, ecu going to omaha but came up a little short and we were talking about it coming back on the air uh, two great wins over oklahoma and two really good games against virginia as well it was uh for a baseball fan some good watching for a pirate fan a little disappointing but man that was a a fun charlottesville regional for you guys yeah that atmosphere was pretty great i mean pirate nation was unbelievable
2: um, especially the first game versus Oklahoma, it felt like a home game. I mean, they had no fans, and, and it seemed like the stadium was all purple and gold. And in both the UVA games, um, I mean, it was just electric. And uh, I think that's just a testament to our, our fan base and Pirate Nation. They do a, they do a hell of a job.
3: And we, uh, we mentioned it yesterday, but the, the young Zach Root pitching in that moment against that team – and and josh you can speak to i don't know if the nerves ramp up when you're in that situation you pitched against the sooners but root as a freshman pitching against that top hitting team of virginia just did a stellar job do you feel it up there And, and what was root feeling uh in his start on sunday
2: yeah i i would say in my start um it was not pretty uh probably, you know, it kind of blows to end on that note personally because I felt like that was one of my, you know, poorer starts of the season and I felt almost just more excited than anything. I felt like I let that excitement kind of get to me a little bit and then you see that in the three walks in the first inning, but uh um, you know, I've been in that situation before at home last year, starting in the regional opener and then starting game two at the Super last year and um, I don't, for whatever reason, I just feel like I was, I was too amped up for that game and kind of let that overcome my uh, you know just my game plan but but Root did the exact opposite he did a great job and as a freshman that's just a, you know the biggest stage we're in an elimination game uh, against the number seven team in the nation and he he just looked dominant the whole game and um I mean, he's going to be pretty special here in the next few
3: years. So, as much as you try to make it a normal, like uh, a Wednesday afternoon game at Clark Leclaire in February or a regional, you want it to be the same, but it's just not the same.
2: Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. and you know, it's like you treat every game like you know, you try to treat it like you just a, like you're doing your job. But I, for whatever reason, you know, I just felt feel like I put too much pressure on myself to yeah. make sure it wasn't the seniors' last game, and and I feel like I, I just got away from. You know the whole game plan of just executing my pitches and let the uh, let the moment kind of take over.
3: Well, uh, the bats picked you up and uh, some other power pitchers as well as the bats were hot against Oklahoma and and even that two to one game against Virginia. Uh, Mully, who was just here a moment ago, said it was a pitcher's duel, but a lot of solid contact, a lot of balls hit right at guys. Like that score could have been a lot different than two to one. Yeah, it was, an was exciting game. My, my dad was talking to um, Ethan Anderson, the first baseman's dad, in the stands.
2: Um And he said, he's like, dude, this is the first game we've played probably all season where the wind's blowing in. Yeah. And if the wind's blowing, if the wind's not even blowing at all, I mean, that game's probably, it could be a double-digit game. I mean, yeah. I felt like we were hitting balls hard all night. They were squaring up balls and uh, great defensive plays. But if the wind's blowing out or if the wind's not blowing in, I think that that game looks a lot
3: different. So how many games have you watched of the Super Regionals uh, since the Pirates lost? I actually watched a lot. I went home uh on uh, on saturday
2: and spent that pretty much whole day watching games okay um the only games i really didn't watch were the ones yesterday but i watched probably 90 percent of those games
3: uh, we will get to your questions as well if you have one for josh gross so josh what are you up to uh this summer what are your your plans as far as baseball goes uh
2: this summer i'll be here pretty much the whole summer um just working out continuing to just keep my arm moving um trying to, you know, get stronger and, and just progress throughout the summer. And, uh, you know, obviously look forward to the draft and see what happens with that. But um, that's, that's still kind of far away.
3: Josh Moylan said he's got a, a workout type thing with the, uh, the Tigers coming up. Do you have any of those events planned, anything like that?
2: Um, I don't. Josh actually just left for that like an hour ago. But uh, I don't have any, wor- like, special workouts. The only thing I'm going to is there's this draft combine in Arizona um, at the Diamondbacks field june 20 to the 25th and i'm flying out there the 22nd and i'll be there till the 25th nice um, that that should be a good experience
3: uh jamie asking what do you think you need to work on the most to continue your career um i don't know you'll find that out when you talk to some of these scouts and what they have to say but how about when you self-critique yourself
2: yeah i would just say uh you know kind of my struggle last year was just being consistent and i think this year i did a way better job of being consistent I mean I was I was in the rotation every single weekend of the entire season which um, I thought was pretty cool and I hung my hat on knowing that you know I I could lay my head down at night knowing that I did the best I could to stay in that that role but you know just figuring out whatever it is um, in my mind or in my preparation to be able to have the most consistent results because uh, you know if you want to be a good pitcher you got to go out there and do your job every single time.
3: Have you received uh, feedback on your draft stock right now, or, or the possibilities? Uh, any any word coming to you?
2: Um, not as much as like my draft stock. I mean, I think I'm in a good spot. I think that um, you know things are looking good for me. Obviously, I'm not I'm not a first round or second round or third round or probably fourth or fifth round guy. But uh, you know, I'll, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm looking forward to seeing what that involves and uh, kind of just taking that whenever that comes but it's it's hard to look at it's hard not to look ahead at it but yeah. i don't want to speculate because then you know you you really have no idea what 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 it looks like until the day it comes
3: well i asked uh moylan this and i'll ask you so if the the number is right and you are drafted and uh and you're happy with it you are you're going you you will take that step to play pro ball correct
2: yeah that's right i, I spent a dream of mine since i was a kid and um you know, if the stars align, then uh, that's something that I really look forward to doing. And if it's not right, uh, are you open to returning to ECU? Yeah, I mean, I this place is my is my home. I mean, it's weird. I've never I've never been at us at the same school for three years in my entire life.
3: <laughs> like so even growing up no, and everything. Never,
2: not one time. <laughs> wow. So uh, this place feels more like home than anywhere I've ever been. And um, like if I if I came back, it, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't feel you know mad at myself or disappointed i would i'd be just as excited as i
3: would be not coming back and uh josh you saw it down in clearwater with uh with bryant packard and some former players i know in charlottesville charlie yorgan uh, was there with then some other i think pack was there as well uh so you're always welcome back once your playing days are over or when you get a break but it's just part of the uh the pirate family the culture that's uh, built here
2: yeah 100 percent. i mean i didn't I didn't know Charlie Oregon at, at all. I don't think I've ever actually talked to him. But um, I talked to Packard for a little bit at USF. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, those guys, they love coming back. And um, the guys that I played with, that, that I talked to that are in pro ball, uh, they they talk about this place like, like it's their home, too. And they love it, you know, even when they're not here.
3: Uh, Shirley, I was texting with uh, Zach Agnos last night because I saw that we posted uh, – we posted that he picked up his league leading 11th save. And Zach.
4: He got back to back saves, actually, 10th and 11th on Saturday and Sunday.
3: So earlier in the year, Pirate Radio posted some Pirates in the Pros updates and did not post Zach's first save. And he. That was, was my fault. He was mad about it. Oh, that sounds pretty much. Yeah, he yeah. was. He's a bit of a diva and was upset. And I said, Zach, look at all this publicity you're getting. Uh, so he enjoyed that and I, I talked we kind of talked about how we missed uh talking to each other and I said grows I said the guys aren't quite as entertaining as you were last year I said grows is funny and he said yeah grows has no filter so uh <laughs> he, he he figured you would be a pretty good interview but uh man we enjoyed talking to Zach last year and surely he's happy that he's finally getting some publicity from pirate radio
4: <laughs> yeah I I messed up on that first one and, and Zach called us out on it and I I he actually texted you, I believe, yeah. and I told him. I told uh, Clip. I said, "Clip, just just tell him that was my fault. It's on me. Since I blame him for my my addiction to Candy Crush for the second time, uh, <laughs> Zach got me uh, playing Candy Crush again. So that
3: was your payback, not giving him exposure. Uh, I like. Yeah, that. sure. Yeah. Uh, right. I'll go with that. A little revenge there, uh, but uh, now. That could be you next year, Josh, uh, in one of those minor league schedules, and we just got a ton of your former teammates and pirates uh, playing in that schedule right now.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool to see uh, a lot of guys that I played with um, excel to next level. It seems like everyone that's that's gone since I've been here has uh, done great things at the next level, so it's just it's cool to follow them.
3: Josh Groves joining us uh the draft coming up we looked at the date yesterday let me look that up again do you know it off the top of your head yeah it's July 9th through the 11th i'm pretty sure you are correct sir July 9th through the 11th and Cliff Godwin was on yesterday and had some gripes about when scholarships have to go out at that 1st of July and then you don't know if your players are coming back or not so I don't know it's an inexact science they used to have the draft during the super regionals I believe because I remember when Evan Krasinski got drafted right before he started against Texas Tech so I don't know as a player that potentially is going to be drafted do you have a preference on when the draft is
2: uh I always thought it was really cool watching on TV as a kid watching those those guys in college that got drafted and then you know they're playing in a playoff game, and it, and it says like under their you know, average or their statistics, like, you know, so and so draft pick. I think that's kind of cool yeah. to be able to do that. But uh, I I don't know enough about the draft to know why they moved it, or you know, like for for better or for worse. So, um, but growing up, I thought it was pretty cool that you could see that when kids were still playing.
3: Yeah, and uh, I don't know, just to get to this point, Josh, where you are now draft eligible. I mean, have you? kind of I don't know thought about it all like this is uh you've kind of been building to this point for a long time now right yeah I mean I've like I said I've I've thought about this
2: um for a long time and and it's kind of like when you're getting recruited out of high school like you hear whispers of like you know like you you had the opportunity to play division one baseball and then you kind of push it off or like yeah that's like a pipe dream and then it finally happens and it's like you know it's great it's great celebration and you and you really soak it in and then that, that day is coming and gone and then it's time to focus on what's next. And so that's kind of how I feel like right now, it's kind of like, you know, it's a possibility, but no one has a crystal ball. So, um, you know, I don't want to be the guy that says yeah, like I'm getting drafted. And then, you know, in a month, I don't, and I, now, now I'm a liar. I'm not kind of like stupid. So, <laughs> you know, you kind of just, yeah. you kind of take that with a grain of salt and you, uh, you do everything you can to put yourself in a good position. Um, but, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's definitely a fun thing to think about.
3: Jamie asking, where are you going to be uh, during the draft? Going to be with friends, family, teammates? What? I'll probably go back plans? home.
2: Probably go back home. It's not that. It's a two and a half hour drive back to Virginia Beach, so I'll go back home, hang out with my family, and um, kind of wait around. Do
3: you have a lot of VA people uh, checking you out in Charlottesville? Friends and family there?
2: At the um, game? anybody? Not really. I mean, because I I only went to high school in Virginia for one year, and it was COVID, so. Um the only people Jeez. that were in at uh, UVA were not only the people that came um, were my grandparents because uh, they live in Northern Virginia, um, and then my girlfriend and my brother and his girlfriend and my parents.
3: That is all. That is weird that because now in high sc- in uh, college guys go to two or three different schools with the transfer portal and everything, right. and grew up going to the same school in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. You you took the opposite route of that. Yeah, that is pretty yeah. interesting. Josh Groves joining us. You got a question for Josh? We got a few more minutes left to go here uh, before he gets out of here. So as far as you, you mentioned that combine coming up, what are you doing day to day to kind of stay in shape, or, or are you resting? Like, what do you? Yeah.
2: Do? So I took a week off whenever the season was ending so from monday of last week until yesterday i uh yesterday was the first day i had like worked out and thrown since the season was over so my plan is just to work out four days a week and our strength coach has come up with a great plan for all the summer ball guys but guys that are staying here so um you know we still have access to the weight room and the facility so um, just work out play catch and uh stay in shape until until the combine and then after that until the draft
3: so a lot of your uh, your ECU teammates are playing summer ball right now. Do you do you miss getting out there, miss being in the the locker room and stuff like that, or are you, yeah. you kind of glad to be chilling?
2: I miss summer ball. I think summer ball is like the most fun you could ever have playing baseball. I like all my great, well, not all of them. A lot of my best memories playing baseball are summer ball last year in Newport and before that in uh, in Bethesda, Maryland, where we sent a bunch of our guys. Um, but summer ball is just such a great time to like. Be with a bunch of different people, share your own stories with guys, that, you know, that have, that have done similar things to you and kind of develop what you need to do on your own and kind of figure out what makes you tick without being under such a microscope, you know. And so I think guys come back from summer ball just completely different people in good ways, um, different players, you know, they kind of get a, a good sense of uh, how they tick and operate um, without, like I said, without having a bunch of attention on them so it's yeah. a it's a really good developmental piece but it's also just a great time to like relax there's not a whole lot of stress you know you show yeah. up to the field you play with 30 of your best friends and then uh you know you go home and relax so it's like it's a good time
3: I may have talked about it with you or maybe it was another guy but the host families and stuff like that so where did you stay when you played summer ball
2: so my first year i stayed at a uh at a house um with there were actually I stayed with four other kids in a basement. The basement had like a pool table, a oh, kitchen, wow. a laundry. We had like a, a big couch, um, but we stayed in the basement with. Uh, and the people that owned the house were, were a married couple. Their kids were out of, co- or out of the house. They were in college, so um, you know I, I think a lot of a lot of people become a host family because they just like having people in the house. Yeah, um, they love baseball. They like to have MD Nesters, I believe yeah, they're called something it. like yeah. that, or like my host family uh, in Newport this last summer. They um they had two kids that were—one was in high school and one was in middle school. And um, I just think that they like the fact that, you know, there were two college kids uh, in the house with their younger son and kind of being, like, I guess, like, good influence yeah. on him and have have him kind of, like, look up to somebody, like an older brother kind of thing. and That's um, cool. I think that's a big reason why—because a lot of host families have younger kids. And I think that's kind of a reason why. But um, it's great. I mean, you— you, sometimes you get home cooked meals and you get a, a bed to sleep in and it's it's, just a, it's a good feeling
3: do you get like a, a stipend from the team or anything like as far as meals or are you no, responsible for no, everything the, my in
2: newport they fed us uh after every game no matter from the road or at home like yeah. the, the concession stand would come up with something but you can work camps so like you can work the youth camps and get paid through that um there's like an option to do like laundry or field work to get money so yeah there's a, like there's ways to get money you don't have to do anything but like you know you're going to want some money in the summer so
3: that's awesome uh josh Groves joining us josh uh your your baseball career is going to go on for uh, a while now but after it's over uh what are your plans do you have any yet or you'll cross that bridge when you get there yeah i have no idea
2: I have no <laughs> clue. i've thought about coaching i thought about um you know like the military at times i thought about really i couldn't tell you i mean yeah. i really have no idea um but I,
3: I'll, yeah, I guess I'll cross that bridge when it comes. You're multi-talented. I think you'll figure something out. Be all right. Uh, Jamie asking, when your team loses, do you root for that team to win at all? So you can say you lost to the champion. Do you have a rooting interest for Virginia? Or since they knocked you out, do you not want to see them win? Like, what's your take on that? Um,
2: out of all the teams that are in, I would say that Virginia and, and Oral Roberts, I think, are two that I kind of want to see win. Okay. One, because Oral Roberts I kind of see like as you know ECU kind of like people see as the underdog and yeah. the mid-major and that would be really cool for them um and they're really talented and then for UVA obviously it's better to say you lost to the national champion than to say you lost to the first team out um you know so that's I guess that's one way to look at it but uh like I said I have a buddy on UVA and we're pretty tight so it'd be pretty cool to see him um you know win a championship but uh yeah all right
3: Josh Gross joining us Josh uh watching anything good on tv um,
2: I just started watching this show called SWAT. It's pretty good on Netflix.
3: Okay, it's okay. I think it was a it's, network it's, show. It's, it's
2: all right. It's not it's not amazing, but it's you know it keeps it entertained. All right. Um, there is this one show though that it's called. I think you should leave. You ever heard of it? Yeah.
3: In fact, uh, I, I I enjoy kind of sketch com- whatever you call it That
2: show it's like the stupidest yeah.
3: show but yeah. like it makes you laugh
2: I can't believe I got
3: on it so late I watched like, started watching it recently yeah and, uh, I, uh, Tim Robinson Tim is Ro- right? yeah,
2: yeah. Right, we were I, th- I can't remember we were, I think we were flying to Cincinnati and I asked our strength coach I was like d what should I watch and he said there's this TV show and I, and I watched the first like season and a half on the plane but like you're on the plane so it's quiet but I'm just sitting there like my headphones on just cracking up <laughs> and everyone's kind of staring at me while I'm laughing um, but that show, it, like, it brings you to tears. It's so funny.
3: Very random. Con- yeah, it's it's good. Uh, I meant to bring this up with Mully. I talked about it with Coach Mack earlier. I watched Air, the movie, uh, Air. about how Nike signed Michael oh, Jordan. Oh, yeah. I
2: want to see that. Let's yeah, see that it, it's good. I,
3: yeah. It's kind of fascinating how because you know what happens at the end, but they really drag you into it and yeah. make you feel emotional about it, and uh, that's pretty good. I would recommend There's it.
2: this one show yeah. that um, – my room Carter Cunningham watches called uh, Blackbird Black the Black Box or something it's on Apple TV it's about like a um, yeah, yeah, prison yeah. show Yeah, I've only seen like one or two episodes and it's in the middle of the season because I kind of walked in on him watching it but that show looks unbelievable
3: I've seen a couple episodes of that as well I, I'm bad about like watching a couple and then moving on to the next one and never finishing things there's yeah. too many options they, uh, I'm waiting for the season 6 of
2: uh, Yellowstone to get on Paramount or Peacock they haven't added the sixth season yet
3: on uh the stream are you sure that hadn't happened recently they might have i, I don't think know. it might Did have it? happened recently um let's see yellowstone is it five or six
2: i thought it was six maybe it's
3: five i'm pretty sure that they might have added those recently you'll have to uh to look into that season five yeah so this is the latest season right uh yeah. 2023 i think those are up i think that right. happened recently that fires me up that's good yeah so you can uh check those out um and one more thing i was gonna oh have you ever watched black mirror no. on netflix what is that it's um it's really weird how technology's taking over the world oh uh, i my shows. brother talking about this it's uh yeah. it's good though they're they're not connecting so you can dive in and watch any episode but that uh comes out season six or whatever on thursday so looking okay. forward to that tv talk with josh Rose here in the pirate radio studio talk
2: about the tv every time i come on here
3: it's just something to like we got a couple minutes yeah, left know, wanna i want to know though. what you're watching what's going on all right uh well josh man it's been fun getting to know you talking to you i, I love your sense of humor um you're the sandwich guy <laughs> You, you, get your car gets towed you're kind of you're edgy a little bit yeah so, yeah it's, it's been fun to uh, to chat with you man we've enjoyed it and we'll certainly keep in touch but good luck to you hope uh hope you get your name called and we see you uh in the pros
2: yeah no it's been a really fun year and i've uh i've enjoyed every single time i've came on here so thanks for having me every every other week and um
3: definitely gotta keep in touch no doubt josh grows inside the delcor players lounge here on pirate radio live uh getting hot so make sure your ac is ready to go for the hot summer ahead you can go to delcorinc.com the service professionals will take care of you coming up wednesday at five we'll uh, talk on the phone to jacob jenkins coward so uh, we'll talk to him coming up on wednesday all right we'll take a break more to go pirate radio live here on a tuesday back with you after these words
1: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. Are you ready and pre-approved? If the home you want to purchase comes for sale today, Integrity Home Mortgage offers a wide variety of programs ranging from conventional government and portfolio loans, plus construction and lot loans. The Integrity Home Mortgage team of Talbot Green, Braxton Green, and Joanne Weir offers over 50 years of experience and is committed to providing you with the superior customer service you deserve. Call them today at 252-714-2076. Integrity Home Mortgage, Pirates Supporting Pirates. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip.
3: All right, we are awaiting the arrival of Bryce Williams, who tells me he's catching every red light on the way here. But he will get here uh, safe and sound in just a moment. Uh, So we will chat with the former ECU tight end. Right now, we'll take a look at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DaBuck. Buck. Buck. Thank you, Shirley. Uh, Boy, the Braves blew one last night. They play the Tigers coming up again tonight at 640 in Detroit. Uh, Orioles baseball right here on Pirate Radio as the O's take on the Blue Jays. That's a big a l e series coming up with uh two teams well above 500 so that'll be some good baseball tonight at camden yards you can hear it right here on pirate radio subway series is on tbs tonight yankees at the mets uh in baseball action coming up tonight stanley cup final florida trying to stay alive it's vegas with a 3-1 lead over the panthers they can clinch it tonight uh, on their home ice and last night we saw the denver nuggets win the nba championship beating miami four to one in that series so that's what's going on buccaneer Hall scoreboard we've got the u.s open uh, coming up this weekend in la so some late night golf and the college world series coming up this weekend as well let's take a look ahead at that schedule for this friday you will have let's see as i look ahead do they have the games yet they do two o'clock on espn on friday oral roberts and tcu and then seven o'clock friday night virginia and florida on saturday it'll be stanford and wake at two and tennessee lsu at seven o'clock so that is the field those are the two brackets one bracket has oral roberts tcu virginia florida certainly looked at as the weaker of the two brackets uh stanford wake tennessee lsu in the other bracket in omaha and there is a look at your buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by dub up dub up go check it out chandler what's going on with the buck chandler how's your uh coaching role going right now at pirate radio you got uh connor I you think got I should joey be added to coach max
0: uh, <laughs> uh
3: are they taking the coaching yeah and they're doing a great job i feel like uh yeah they 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 are doing well we'll get them on the air soon i've got an idea and glenn's on board with it but i haven't talked to the interns i'd like to do like some uh some intern trivia throw out some trivia questions and let those guys compete yeah absolutely we got two thumbs up on that so
4: what about if we threw them into the fire and made them play name that sound yeah
3: perfect uh we can do that on thursdays and Uh, We'll have trivia on other days. And for you longtime Pirate Radio
6: fans, one of the first on-air segments for Chandler Honeycutt as an
2: intern was a trivia show that you did on the sports bar,
3: and my opponent was no other than Bo Bats. Bo Bats. Chandler don't know a... His brain from a hole in the ground. Oh, sure. The answer's
1: Bill Russell. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, we'll get a little trivia with the uh, with the guys. All right, Bryce is here. Jamie says, Hide the superstitious beers. Uh-huh. Shirley. I, I saw the light. I was baptized by the fire in your touch, and the flame in your eyes. I'm born to love again, I'm a brand new man. Maybe it's just me, but that get, somehow gets better every week. Every daggum week. Bryce, how you doing, man? I'm doing good now that I'm on time. Caught every daggum light on Dickinson. Gotta hate that. Ugh. I ran into some one-lane traffic today and uh, working on It's just it's so frustrating. But they got to get it done, so I, I know. get it. you think they could do it in the middle of the night, but, you know, it's uh You would think that, wouldn't you?
5: I think we need to head that operation.
3: (laughs) I've found more and more that this show just turns into me complaining about stuff. We we do it a lot in sports and how we can fix things, some that are broken, some that aren't. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, Mm -hmm. but we want to fix it anyway, and now we're talking we know better than the DOT, and, you know, we just got a lot of stuff out there, Bryce.
5: I feel pretty good about
3: it. Yeah, all right. Well, We'll we know. Spearhead that operation. Bryce, uh, what's going on? You got... uh, Oh, you uh, following the big rock at all? Mm, Yeah, following it. um,
5: So far, nobody has hit the five five hundred. Thank goodness. So, hopefully, Jay's boat will uh, get it. So, when's he? uh, Is he fished? He fished um, yesterday, and he was actually in the chair. And uh, they released one, so he okay. caught one. But they had to, re- he had to release, you know, released it. So get release points.
3: How many days? Go over the rules again. How many days can you fish? Do you have to? I fish think
5: one? what is it? A six day, and you can fish five out of the six. Okay, I'm pretty sure. And the fish has to be um, at least 400 pounds. We've had like. Two, two or three fish not make qualification, and pretty much once you do that, I think you're pretty much chances of winning a shot.
3: Yeah. So the one like Jay's boat caught, they they knew it was not going to meet mm-hmm. the standards. Yeah. Of yep. what they were looking for. Oh yeah. When's he going back out?
5: Uh, he's in. He came back tonight, today, and he'll go back. Uh, I think it's Thursday tomorrow evening, and then I guess fish what. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or just depending on weather, because the weather has been uh, quite sporty, as they call it, this hmm. week. As in, on the map, it's uh, magenta. Mm. Like on the, you know, you get your color chart, yeah. I kind of yeah. with your, and like you get, it's like white is zero, and then it's like gets lighter and lighter blue, and then it transitions to like what's it, yellow.
0: Start Whatever
5: getting that pink, orange is like, like, yeah. yeah. When it hits magenta, you <laughs> might as well just stay
3: home. Magenta equals stay home. Yeah, don't go outside. Yeah. Uh, Molly was telling me about a boat that like got struck by lightning. Yeah. So okay. I heard that. I mean, I my that. gosh, that would be scary. Yeah. Um, you are just kind of out there until uh, I guess the Coast Guard can find you. At that point. Yeah. I
5: think they got back. They were gone like for like twenty. Four hours or something. See, like, that's magenta. Okay. 29 miles an hour and up. Yeah.
3: You when, don't want that. When it gets to those Virginia Tech hokey colors. Exactly. Just, you wanna...
5: Exactly. Nothing's good about that. Which I don't know what purple would be, but...
3: Jamie says, what kind of boat does Jay have? That's a great question, Jamie.
5: Well, what he has is a 36 yellow fin, but what he's fishing on is a sixty. 60, 70 foot... Anywhere between 60 and 70. It's it's in between there. I think it is a... Spencer? Actually, I can look it up. Type in Diamond Girl. And that'll give us everything we need to know. See, so look at that magenta. I mean, that's like magenta, like orange magenta just... You don't want that. Diamond Girl charters? Yep. Click on it? Yeah, it should give, us, give you the... Or I guess that Wikipedia should let you know what it is oh
3: they got their own wikipedia
5: is that a wikipedia
3: maybe not no a website not. um you know what bryce i've lost interest
5: okay no <laughs> problem it's a uh, sport fish it's like a 60 70 foot somewhere in between there and
3: why uh why aren't you out there um well you know those conditions for me and my belly just eh. okay eh not your uh your favorite kind of
5: fishing yeah it's me and sporties just don't seem to uh, get along as far as uh the nausea go. Yeah, I like being on kind of a center console and uh put a see around not really feel confined yeah but I mean and then there's no diesel fumes you know you kind of do that I mean I puke and rally but
3: I mean, you've seen uh, Hogan's GOAT a few times where you've had the puke and rally. Right. I'm sure. But this is, yeah. This is different. Yeah. This isn't as fun.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Bryce Williams joining us. Bryce, I saw another line come out uh, for ECU Michigan. Circa Sports put out a line and uh, pretty similar to what we have seen previously. 36, uh, Michigan, a 36 point favorite for ECU. <sighs> Uh, and Michigan in Ann Arbor. That game will be on Peacock. Uh, what are... Peacock. What is that? You don't know that? Wait, it's Have not we not televised? talked about that? It's not going to be television. It's streaming, buddy.
5: What the heck? Yeah. How the heck am I supposed to watch that? I don't even know where I'm going to be. I mean, be... I was thinking about that, actually, if I'm going to be at... I was talking about somebody today, and I was like, well, where am I going to be? I don't know if I'll be at the beach, or I think my buddy Stuart's getting married that weekend. I'm going to be somewhere, and I'm. there's got to be someone I ought to have. Stuart
3: Henson, uh, mm-hmm. former Pirate. Yep. Getting Pinson. married on opening day of college football? Exactly.
5: yeah, I think it is that weekend because he said, yeah, you know, because it's in uh, Columbia. and um, The country? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Columbia, South Carolina, okay. my bad. And uh, he's like, yeah, I figured everybody could have that Monday off. I'm like, yeah? Yeah. That is a good point. It is, and he's thoughtful. He's just a thoughtful guy, you know. But uh, I hope someone's able to stream it if it's that weekend.
3: Yeah, it's look, it's weekend. only it's one of the cheapest uh, of the streaming options. There probably is like a free trial or whatever. They're gonna wish they had it on ESPN
5: when the Pirates win.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. <laughs> I like your confidence yeah, there. You know, uh, we actually have the first uh, few games. I, I don't know if we've gone over this while you were here, but. It'll be ECU and Michigan Peacock at noon. We've got some other times and TVs, uh, Bryce, for the first ones. So Marshall will be a 4 o'clock game in Greenville okay. on ESPNU. That okay. one will be televised. Nice. And then we're back to streaming. App State, 3.30 on the road. Nice. Week 3 on the plus, And then Gardner-Webb, 6 o'clock in Greenville on the plus. So that's what we got so far also a night game against smu on espn oh, that'll be okay. a thursday nighter oh okay early in the season yep so uh that is all we have as far as networks and times so far cool yeah pretty cool. Bryce williams signing up for peacock never thought i'd did see the deck like, never no <laughs> never somebody else will that i'm hoping around so what is uh what's going on with the team right now bryce what are your uh, summer memories as we sit here mid-june
5: man mid-june okay so i guess they've, they're back or they've never left um i guess they'll restart in summer school now right or
3: did yeah. you always have summer school Mm-hmm. it
5: was so fun summers in greenville yeah it was my friend uh, mr wheeler today i helped him who was a, was a college professor at ecu construction management and that's who i was chatting with today and man i was reminiscing and the summers in at ecu were just great i mean you work out in the morning you know then you have class summer school class you know it was easy yeah. chill um seven on sevens you know you know pretty much the players, you know, you're getting your own work in yeah, away from the coaches because mm-hmm, they're not allowed to watch. But, you know, obviously from the mm-hmm. Murphy Center, yeah, yeah, Ward Sports Medicine, there's a peep window. So, you know, they kind of would you look up and see a head. you'd never tell who it was. I'm not gonna give them your names.
3: Oh man, when Ruff got hired, we had a coach get fired before he could even play because he was like in the bushes watching a the practice. It was yeah. a special teams coach, mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Uh but he was out there when he wasn't supposed to be.
5: But isn't that crazy if you're not inside the line, like inside the fence, I'm like that's what I don't get.
3: I, it just seems like a very ticky tack thing. But yeah. I don't know. Whatever.
5: But um yeah, that's what the guy's doing their morning their summer workouts, which was always fun. Mark
3: Nelson was his name. It just came to me.
5: Sorry. Oh, was it? Yep. Okay. And um summer workouts, summer school. Pascal.
3: I was mentioning to the interns. They're, they're in summer school. I love summer school. Oh it just God, seemed was it was so like fun. short and easy oh, and laid yes. back. And I don't know. I almost wish I had taken more summer school classes. Man,
5: summer school was ECU in summer. So fun.
3: Sorry. I had a uh, Chandler. You remember Josh Chisholm, pirate linebacker? Josh Chisholm. It was like mid-2000s, a little before your time maybe um i remember he was uh my partner in a lot of uh summer school classes oh and um i had to do quite a bit of the work yeah but i enjoyed talking ecu football it was kind of like a payoff right like hey i'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions about the team and if you're honest with me i'll make sure we'd get a good grade on nice. this it was a deal that's a fair trade-off <laughs> yeah so we both got something
5: out of it yeah so, most uh, definitely
3: we'll take it but
5: um Man, I could just sit here and ponder honestly the whole fresh show about ECU and the summer and football, but um that's what they're doing right now, workouts and summer uh skelly.
3: So when you were doing seven on sevens and stuff like that, did Shane throw the ball or did he always throw it to Hardy there too? <laughs> Nah, no, he threw me the ball. You got the ball in the summer? Uh, so I got the ball in the summer. <laughs> Not as much as,
5: you know, I probably should have gotten, Shane. But, you know, it's cool.
3: Yeah. We still love each other. You would think it, that he would divvy up some of those Heck record-breaking sorry. catches. Like, Hardy didn't have to have them all.
5: I know. Come on. I mean, because how much did Hardy beat the record by? Was
3: well, it, he beat it, and then Zay beat his Zay record. Zay beat his. Let's see. Most catches, college football, history. You know, it's like at least throw me, like, an extra five six ten maybe ten zay jones number one with 399 yeah justin hardy number two 387 you could have
5: gave me like 20 yeah yeah like 20 i would have been i've been great
3: yeah because he beat the record by 38 right so you 20 and you just have 18 to go and what'd he do his last pass in college tried to throw it tried to force it to hardy gosh i tell you i bet you were wide open I probably would. Were you in on that play? I can't The interception against Florida? Chandler, was I in on that play? (laughs) Uh, Chandler says, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Standing in the end zone all alone, and he's throwing it to Hardy.
5: Oh, yeah. Tommy Shuler. I played with him.
3: Tommy Shuler. (laughs) Yeah. So Bryce Williams played. Here's your problem, Bryce. And he was there in my...
5: No, that's not who.
3: You I am. played with three guys that are on the top seven all-time <laughs> receiving's list. No wonder you didn't have more catches. Gee whiz! And yeah, it's not your fault. Was Corey <laughs> Davis? He went to the Titans. Like? What does he
5: look like? Was he my roommate at the Titans? I mean, at the combine. What if that's the case? I swear that might have been him. Is that I, the guy? No no nah, never mind i always forget who i was with. was it a receiver the combine yeah uh, he went to Ole Miss, i think that
3: would have been fun oh uh, uh, no nah, I, I think you've told me about this guy that snored real bad snored yeah okay that wasn't Corey davis Corey davis uh yeah western michigan oh yeah
5: he was yeah well he was a year younger um
3: uh, but some good names on that list mm-hmm. I, that is cool though headlined by zay jones and justin hardy yeah uh, all-time receivers i wonder if there's any guys so if there's any active players up here i don't see any 2023s or twos uh yeah. anybody in danger there's a 2022 uh the franklin from utsa but he's probably gone now so
5: how far do they why is it necessary to go all the way to like 50 plus 100 well,
3: sure why not how many catches do you have you might be on this list you uh, didn't get to 200 no <laughs> i don't even know what i had Uh, DeAndre Hopkins tied for 250th all time. That's how far the list goes down. Jeez, DeAndre Hopkins uh, talking to teams. How about, Bryce, the the way running backs are these days? You've got uh, one of the best in the game, Dalvin Cook, without a team. Uh, The Vikings released him. This running back's not not important anymore. Uh, You just find another guy that's cheaper and put him back there. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's... That makes no sense. Dalvin Cook is available for anybody that wants his services right now. Uh-huh. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, too, and we kind of understand that one. He is... uh is
5: that a head case? He's not... Or no, it's just
3: no. a mileage issue. Mileage? Yeah. Mileage, yeah. Yeah, just he's been around. He's carried the ball a lot, and... He's not old in the sense of life, but he is in the sense of football players. I mean,
5: he's because he was my graduating class and that'd be eight years.
3: Yeah, let's see how many many carries he has in his career. Um, And they've got Tony Pollard, who they're ready to give the keys to there. Uh, He has rushed the ball over almost 1900 times. Jeez. in his career so uh My God. a lot of mileage there played in 103 career games and he is available for uh anyone who wants his services man all right let's uh take a break we'll come back more with bryce williams if you got a question on uh pirate football outdoors anything in between you can get those in we listen to uh the stylings of the foo fighters as we take this time out we'll make you a winner when we return on pirate radio live after this
4: Welcome back. Ease Plumbing, Viva Electric, and Roland Black Heating and Cooling have teamed up to form New Blue Service Group, offering Eastern North Carolina the best in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services. Same great local team, same great local service, just a new name. For plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services, go to callnewblue.com. That's callnublue.com. New Blue Service Group, where we are redefining service excellence. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff.
3: Welcome back to Pyro Bryce is a vindictive guy. If you, uh, <laughs> but you crossed me. <laughs> you crossed Bryce. All right. Um we were talking about your uh, summer days that you were reminiscing on, and Eric mm-hmm. said, Did Bryce ever wander over to Pantana Bob's for penny draft night?
5: Did they have penny draft night when I was I don't know if they had it when I was in school. What was your uh summer spots? um 519 the 5-1 five, neener um we went to i guess it was fourth fourth street
3: you are a good guy to have in those situations uh 519 gets very crowded congested mm-hmm. and you could be like bryce do you see so and so and you could just look over oh everybody. yeah yeah you kind of got a bird's eye view
5: it was nice um it was 519 was definitely we went there a lot fourth when they'd have a band Oh, well, we did have, again, I'm thinking back to, not that I was been that long ago, but it's going on 10 year. Um Right? Yeah, no. Anyways, um, and it was like Uptown, and there was like One Republic, not One Republic, Rum Republic, kind of that general area. All right. There yeah. You go. It, was, uh, it was a good time.
3: Some old uh, memories with Bryce Williams, who joins us here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. <sighs> Uh, Bryce Sports World, do you know who the NBA champions are this
5: year? I do. The only reason I know this from just working out in the mornings and I see it on TV is the Nuggets.
3: The Denver Nuggets, for the first time ever, have won the NBA wow. championship. Yeah, and uh, wow. you, you remember Joker, we were watching him like two or yeah. three years ago, and you were like, Hey, who's this guy? Who's yeah. This, this guy's good. Well, how do you
5: say his last name,
3: Jokic? Jokic. Jokic. So, J is a Y. And where is he from? He is from Serbia. 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 I get so, J is a Joey.
5: Y in Serbia. Gosh, that's confusing.
3: <laughs> I think you can figure it out pretty easily. I think you got it right now. Jokic, I mean, I know it now, but I would have never guessed that would have been a Y. The Joker. And uh, the influx of international basketball stars. We've talked about that quite a bit. We talked about it with Coach Mack. Football has not quite made that crossover. Yeah. And... I don't know if they're pushing it. As a fan, I don't like the international games, especially Agreed. if it conflicts with my team getting a home game. I think it's bogus that yeah. we're getting less home games than our rival and we're playing the same schedule and that yeah. stuff. Um, but it, it, they pack those events out. Yeah. I don't know if it'll lead to any Germans or British guys coming up wanting to play American football. I don't even know if that's the point. The point is yeah. money at the end of the day. Right. But, um, you see it in baseball a lot with uh, with international players, and you just don't see it with football. Yeah, football is kind of our thing, which is um,
5: perfectly fine. Yeah, with that I want it to stay that way, ideally. Just me?
3: <laughs> Why is that? Just me? <laughs> we came up with it. <laughs> who's who's we? Who invented football? Did Americans? No, I'm saying like who? Like Uh-oh. Abner Doubleday gets credit for baseball. <laughs> James Naismith gets credit for basketball who gets the credit who created American football who you got Connor's got somebody Uh, Jim uh... Jim Thorpe is that what you were about to say (laughs) (laughs) you don't know what you're talking about Uh, I wonder if I can Google that I'm sure who gets credit for football who created American football the father of American football Walter Camp he created it um i don't know if he created it did he yeah i'll have to uh to google that up the father of american football is walter camp now, i don't know if that means he just uh early football was a hodgepodge of soccer and rugby rules Sheesh. and i'm not reading all this it's a lot of words Walter Camp is credited with altering the rules of rugby to create the game of modern North American football we are familiar with today. Huh. The, the line of scrimmage, use of downs, point system, number of plays, uh, the creation of the quarterback position, all stemmed from Walter Camp's influence. Wow. There you go. Hmm. Learning something new every day. That's right. And we got a picture there of Walter Camp, a strapping fellow. Looks like Jacob Jenkins Coward with the mustache. <laughs> It's just a dude with a cool stash. Yeah. Look at the background. Trees. (laughs) Where's all the buildings? Where's the uh, convenience store? (laughs) Why doesn't
5: he have a number? (laughs)
3: Yeah. Uh, Walter Camp was a captain at Yale for us. So uh, so there you go. If you could change football, how would you change it for the better? What would you like to see more of, less of? have we asked you about the rule about so now uh, you're not gonna the clock's not gonna stop after a first down oh you hear about really that? yeah dang yeah, that's gonna make some
5: altering to see like some like huge like effects of kind of your two minute offense and
3: maybe you fights. are a little more reluctant to call a timeout early yeah you know if you need it later on, on a drive dang yeah
5: what do you think about that I don't see where it's necessary. I mean, it's going to make the games a lot more, even more, um, what's the, more rushed. I don't, that's not the word I want to use. But I mean, you know, obviously when you're making a two-minute O and you get a first down, you get the clock, so you're going to regroup and, you know, kind of can start fresh. But just think that's, by the time you get the ball get it set, that's what? Four seconds. I mean, four seconds.
3: We're gonna see something uh, probably that we only see really in pro ball a lot, and and we see it some. But spiking the ball, you know, yeah. stopping the clock, yeah, uh, losing a down, basically. Right.
5: So that's why we're doing it. Mm.
3: My- I, I'm okay with it because those games can really drag on, especially. Mike Houston says he he's fine with it. He says right. I wish they would eliminate the TV timeouts, but that's not going to happen. You ain't kidding. But you between that and reviews, replays, oh, like God, yeah. you've got a lot of stoppages. Right, I'm okay with the uh, yeah. with the first. But it's going to make some, uh, especially some in the first half and stuff. So. Like if you wanted to yeah. institute it, maybe the last two or three minutes of the second and fourth oh, quarter. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'd I, be okay with that. Was
5: in uh, see, my mind was in like hurry up offense two minute oh. With yeah, that yeah, rule, yeah, but you're, yeah, no, yeah. I think during like with
3: 13 minutes in the first round, right, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that probably will be nicer because you know, things can move a lot swifter. I, for some reason, my mind was thinking, you know, two minute oh, you get a first down clock top. Oh, and, and, and it should because that's yeah. going to come
3: up this year, yeah, and we're going to have to talk about it probably on the right. post game. If we had that old rule, okay. we would have had time to get down the field, yeah, you know, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'm thinking now throughout the whole game, yeah, I mean, I'm
5: I'm pretty cool with that because it was... Speed things along just like the pitching clock now, yeah,
3: exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm cool with it. But, and Steve says the that. clock will stop under two minutes for first down, so there you go. Well, he's just got what we wanted, oh, <laughs> <Yeah, sorry>. golly, <laughs> they must have listened. Appreciate to us. y'all listening to Man, us. We really we talked it. through that one. Uh, Jamie says there the two foot rule should be in college just like it is in the pros, mm. so you've experienced both. I kind both. of agree, mm-hmm. I kind think? of agree with that. Okay. Might as well. Get them ready. Yeah. Get the guys ready. The one rule I'd like changed in college is if your knee touches, you can get back up and run. You have to be touched down like you do in the pros. I know. Why,
5: why, why don't we just implement these things from the pros into the college? So.
3: I guess this a uh, safety issue or whatever. I don't know. But, like, I hate when a guy catches a screen pass and his right. knee hits he the ground and the plays all over. Down. Like, come on. Let the guy run. Let him get tackled. Right. Like Walter Camp wanted the game to be exactly. played. Exactly. Walter Camp didn't have this rule. No.
5: <laughs> they done put their finger in the ingredients for no reason. I didn't know that where didn't, you were going. With that. I didn't, I didn't know. know where that
3: finger was going.
5: <laughs> I'm glad it ended up there, and not somewhere else. All right. Um, Should we write a start a, uh, what's it called? Um, when you a petition to, to change these? Convert NFL rules. Yeah,
3: we'll um, see if we can get some backing. You've got, you know, people in the world. I could probably text somebody. We can get Jeff Fisher on it.
5: I think he, I would think he could be with it. Who's a big name uh, you could get behind this thing? Um, a coach wise, probably that.
3: Um, you got any players? Ah, uh, I can text golf, Jeff Jared, Jared golf. Yeah, let's get Jared um, golf on the knee down committee. Yeah, we're starting here, knee down petition, knee down two feet rule well i'd
5: rather do would you rather have knee down or two feet i'm going knee down change the knee down rule
3: i am as well i think that one is uh keeps things more exciting yeah i, I just i i i'm not a fan of the play being dead when a guy could just fall down yeah it's like it's fault you know the turf exactly could turf be, monster yeah. could gets be the best out of us. there yeah then we'll work on the two feet rule and then uh whatever else we got all right, let's uh, let's open up the booty bag, Shirley and make somebody a winner here on this Tuesday booty booty booty
4: booty booty everywhere booty 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 booty
3: booty everywhere. All right, what are we giving away on this Tuesday, Shirley?
4: How about a shrimp taco lunch, courtesy of Chico?
3: That sounds awesome. What caller are you looking for?
4: Uh, let's go with caller six today.
3: Caller six, 317-1250. You can be a winner. We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors and have more with Bryce Williams when we return after this.
4: Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medi Spa on Red Bakes Road in Greenville. Free consultation is available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit, love your transformation, and congratulations to Jeff Dover of Greenville. Picked up a shrimp taco lunch courtesy of Chico's. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's and enjoy favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Plus, ice ice cold cervezas and Chico's famous margaritas are always available. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff.
3: Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, (laughs) here on a Tuesday. This is a cover of Good Charlotte. Correct. Shirley, I'm going to tell you about Bad Charlotte. I'm looking at ESPN's. Two early NBA power rankings for next season. Charlotte's at the bottom. And Bad Charlotte is 29th. Says the Hornets missed out on Victor Wimbayama. Wimbayama. How do you say it? Wimbayama. 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 Uh, um, Awimoway. Uh They should be able to add a potential future star in Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson with guard LaMelo Ball expected to be healthy. And Steve Clifford running the show. The Hornets appear to finally have the players in place to push out of the East Basement. Well, all right. We can get out of the basement. But what a mess that awful franchise is. So there's your bad Charlotte update. Bryce, uh, ECU a 36-point dog to Michigan. Mm. By the way, if you're scoring at home, 81 days away from kicking off. Jeez. 81 Eighty one. Next time we see you, will be in the seventies. Seventies. After that, the sixth. I mean, you know how that's math scary. works. Exactly. You know how tomorrow numbers work. It's going to be eighty, and that was number eighty. That's I right. Didn't know that. Big Bryce Williams Day tomorrow. Graphics department, get something ready. What are you looking at?
5: Oh, that's uh, Davon. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see the name, and I knew it. See, yeah, that was my senior year.
3: So this was. Uh, oh, there I am right there. They lose tight end Williams. So you... uh Dang. But go from replacing a pair of 1,000-yard receivers to having their top guy back and quarterback Summers moves to tight end. What year was it? Yeah. So this was... Yeah, the year you were gone. Wow. What 16. is
5: this, all college stuff? What do you mean, Are you college? not familiar with
3: Phil Steele? Ah. He writes the Bible on college football. Every team, Bryce... Every team in the he country.
5: All this. He's got a
3: page on every team. We got to get you him on what? the show here soon. It's uh, it's unbelievable. This we is great to he's have like local guy. Here, get on the mic. <laughs> no, this is a national guy. Oh, he's a national guy. This is Phil Steele, Bryce. Phil That's... Steele. That is very impressive um wow. he is the guru for college football and wow. uh puts out this magazine every year awesome to have Man. a day oh, of the beach in the boat ben kurt transferred yeah he's got little nuggets and notes about everything predictions him he
5: that's crazy
3: yeah does his pre- oh, but but so where does he get this stuff if you follow him on twitter you'll see throughout the summer thanks to, and he already sent out one about ECU, thanks to Mike Houston. We chatted on the phone for over an hour today. So he talks to all these coaches and he's got his notes from the previous year and puts together all the stuff. Now, why do I have this open now? Pirates 36-point dogs to Michigan. I wanted to know the biggest underdog game Bryce was in while he was at ECU. Quickly, off the top of your head, you said Florida. Um... But Bryce, so I'm gonna go back to twenty twelve, even though you didn't play a lot that mm-hmm. year, because that was the biggest underdog number I could find for ECU while you were here. Mm-hmm. And that was the passing of the torch from Rio Johnson to Shane Cardin, South Carolina the game in Columbia. Right. Pirates were twenty one point dogs that day and lost forty eight to ten. God. But we found our record-breaking quarterback that day. Open, pen. So not all was lost. Um, looking at other games from that year, you were 14-point dogs at North Carolina, lost that one 27-6. 11-point uh, dogs to UCF, lost that one 40-20. And that was all for double-digit dogs that year. Mm-hmm. All right, so season ended as a six-point favorite against Marshall, and you beat them by six in double overtime. And a crazy. Oh, in that twelve, yeah, I was a wild one. Yeah, that was at home. Yep, nope. sure did. All right. So, other than that, the closest one was that Florida game that you mentioned, Bryce. Pirates were twenty point dogs Dang. in that game, and you lost by seven. With Blake Kemp ball slipping out of his hands, Zay Jones is open. Probably would have scored a touchdown. Bryce Williams was a possessed man on that final drive. Catch after catch. You can see his oxygen leaving his body. <laughs> <laughs> he was tired. He was sweating. Man. Frustrating loss. 20-point mm-hmm. dogs in that game in the swamp, and you gave them everything they could handle. Just about beat them. Man.
5: I could have good time.
3: Other right, double-digit dogs, Bryce, at North Carolina in 2013. Oh, and you guys smoked them, smoked them. You score in that in one own pipe. Did you score?
5: No, I ended up catching a deflection and getting tackled on like the one yard line. <laughs> I came so close to score against Carolina both years. back. To back. oh yeah, one because which was funny the one at Carolina, I kind of took my route too deep or shallow or something <laughs> but that was when it went off a uh, lance ray and it popped up and then i got I had a picture of it and i caught it and I, I remember like looking here and if i would have been which i never extended them all ever um i could have just be like it ain't been like this yeah and it would have been a touchdown i'm like oh my god So i never got to score against carolina which was kind of a bummer but my one at Greenville, when we put seventy on them. I mean, I I think I got I want to say I got tackled like on the five. Like I got caught a
3: slant or a pop pass and made a dude mad. Well, there was uh, one where you lined up at tackle, and I don't you weren't you had yeah an open field. It would have been tough yeah. to score. And maybe on it was that play. I I think there were others, too, though, where you caught it down the middle of the field. Man, I would have been cool to score against Carolina. All right, so how about the only other game? So y'all were uh, seven-point dogs to Virginia Tech in 13. uh, Lost that game by five, 15-10. And you were three-point dogs at Marshall at the end of the year. And we've talked about that game. That one didn't go well. Uh, And 2014, God, another frustrating game. 15-point dogs on the road at South Carolina. You lose at 33 to 23. Mm. You're right there in that one. That was the one where Mike Davis ran the ball the entire fourth quarter, pretty much on a drive. Oh, um,
5: right. yeah, we were missing a key player of that game. That oh, one stung. God, Swamp Monster. That would have been, the, I know for a fact,
3: that would have been. Mm. What? If Terry would have played, y'all would
5: have won? I, oh, most definitely. We were, <laughs> we were missing our starting tackle. Yeah.
3: Agreed or not, Chandler. Chandler would the Pirates have won that game
0: with the Swamp Monster, absolutely.
3: Was that the, one where you had a bunch of turnovers too, or was that no? That was later. That was Scotty. That was. Yeah, yeah, You had
6: like four turnovers inside the twenty-yard line. That was the. That was game. that was sixteen. Oh, that was the year after you were gone. Okay. Yeah. But I remember watching that South Carolina game back in twenty fourteen and how competitive we were. Like Marquise Grayson had a touchdown run. Uh, Cam worthy had a touchdown Cam. in the end zone. And I was like, dude, we're like coming down to oh, Williams Bryce and game. playing some football. God. And then Mike Davis came out of nowhere and said, "Hey, let me just run the." ball for 12 minutes.
3: In the next oh. game, Bryce, you were nine-point dogs, and you beat Virginia Tech on the road. Caught a touchdown in that one. Man, that was fun. And you weren't on the field for the extra point, because you were celebrating. Exactly. So That was all game plan. That <laughs> was meant to be. And the extra point was good. And so it was good. All good. Uh, let's see. You guys were favorites the rest of that year. The rest of that year, y'all were favored by 40 in a game. We were favored who against who? SMU? SMU. And you only won by 21. Pirate fans were upset that day. Damn it. You were favored by 28 against UConn. Only won by 10. Don't bet on the Pirates. They can't cover. (laughs) Uh, But you did later in the year against Tulane. 19-point favorites against them. Tulsa, 18. Y'all were big favorites in a lot of those games in 14. So, uh, all right. There's the answer, Bryce. Uh, Biggest underdog during your time here. Was 2012 against South Carolina on the road, and then that Florida game, 20 point dogs, where you almost beat them. Never, Man. never were 36 point underdogs. No. Um, I tell you what, let's take a break, and then we'll have uh, five minutes for a Pie Radio Outdoors report with Bryce Williams. More to go. PRL. When we return, (laughs) Jamie said, I think uh, Clip's personal space has been invaded by Bryce. We were (laughs) were looking at that mag pretty close together there. Uh, Let's take a break. More to go after this.
1: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
4: All right, welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report for today. The uh, Dow was up 145 points, closed out at 34,212. NASDAQ was up 111. Points at 13,573. The SP was up 30 points at 4,369. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756 6900 in Greenville Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Cliff.
3: All right. I don't know what BCSNN is, but I'm looking at the BCSNN preseason 2023 college football top 25. Anybody know what that is? Uh, there are two teams in the American, Bryce. Number 16, the Tulane Green Wave. Mm-hmm. Number 23, a newcomer, UTSA. Oh, wow. From San Antonio, San Antonio. So, uh, they'll be, and that is, again, not an official AP or coach's poll or anything like that, but... Uh, you're probably going to see those teams in or near the top 25. All right, let's go Pirate Radio outdoors. The final few minutes here on Pirate Radio Live, Bryce. Uh, what you've been up to this week? Well, we kind of covered it in the beginning of the show, but not too much. Just
5: was more of a uh, we went to the beach, but uh, it was more so of a boating um, weekend. So a lot of boating, sandbar, and, and of course on yes yeah, Saturday, you know the women's tournament. Um, you know, for the big rock, right, the K W L something. Um, we beached up right on the waterfront, watched the boats come in. So it was cool to see all the sporties um, come in, and the ones that you know obviously caught and released fish. You know, had their flags up. So it's been doing that. Been covering uh, the big rock, and then you know Jay. He ended up uh, releasing the marlin yesterday. So that's exciting. Uh, his boat. Uh, well, the boat he's fishing you know, is in the Big Rock, so it's uh, cool to have, um, I guess, a boat to follow um, in there out of the 217, 207, 251, 270, somewhere in the 200 um, boats in. So, um, just been doing a lot of that, dealing with a lot of boat stuff, and um, obviously thinking of fishing, so nothing too crazy but we've been on the water
3: i've had a a critter week bryce so i took a picture showed you the the raccoon who's been getting in the trash and Mm. making a ruckus and doing that and uh he is not scared of me It'll just kind of i'm on the deck and he kind of just looks at me and doesn't run off so i know it'll make him run off (laughs) actually i know we'll make him not run off (laughs) <laughs> because he won't be able to do exactly. anything. Okay. Yeah. Also, uh, a lot of wabbits, rascally, wascally wabbits yeah. in the yard. And um, so we see big rabbits quite a bit in the backyard. Well, and then my wife uh, saw a cat run into the field, a, a stray cat from mm-hmm. somewhere runs in the field. She goes up to kind of get a better look at it as she hits the edge of the field a rabbit uh, the size of a field mouse comes hopping out. oh I-, I mean, there are just animals everywhere out there. That's crazy. That's on uh, up in their winterville. Man, you out in the country. Yeah, and... Uh... There's also that mysterious animal that my wife said she saw that I'll we what, we you haven't get identified yet. a camera
5: out there. It's I know, like a ham hawk out there hanging from a tree
3: or something. <laughs> a just Jurassic Park heart
5: reach, yeah, or a goat. Put a goat out there, and <laughs> a live
3: goat, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just see what happens. But what if a dinosaur? What if <laughs> if there is a dinosaur back there? I'm uh, I'm moving right uh, away.
5: But yeah, if that daggum raccoon. See how my traps are back home. They'll have a heart trap. Which is a cage trap. Doesn't mm-hmm. kill the animal. Just what do you do after
3: you have it in the trap? You can just relocate them, <laughs> okay, wherever you like. Or you can just go. I'm gonna move this raccoon to the city. Hey, he would be well.
5: He, I think he would have a lot more trash cans. Yeah, it may be a positive. <laughs> just don't let anybody see you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Bryce, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having. Have me. a great week, y'all. We'll, too. Uh, check in with you again soon interns great job joey and good connor. job joey hey, and connor connor chan man we'll see you tomorrow shirley rhodes we'll see you wednesday three o'clock for an all-new edition of pirate radio live jeff charles
1: take us home have a great night eastern carolina thanks for listening to pirate radio live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the
6: pirate nation